Hello, freak bitches. That's right, we're back. This episode of the Joe Rogan Experience is brought to you by Stamps.com. It's tough deciding where to focus your resources. Is it really? Not for me. For me, it's very easy. Eliza Schlesinger. I know how to focus my resources. Yeah, gross. <laughs> Anything that men do is gross to Eliza. Boys are gross. <laughs> Boys are gross. I just like my dog. Oh, yeah, she's no, got I'm dog. not that girl. No, this, you're not that girl. I am Dog's that girl. in your lap. I'm just being silly. Yeah. Anyway, it's tough deciding where to focus. Focus. Focus? <laughs> I can't get through this. Focus. It's tough deciding where to focus your resources to grow your business. But one thing I can tell you, you do not need to waste valuable time going to the post office for mailing and shipping. Just use Stamps.com to access all the services of the U.S. Post Office right from your desk 24-7. You can do it naked. You can do it drunk. You can do it, if you got a hole some crystal meth, you could use it. And you can, if you, you know, you might want to go over your packages to make sure you got your... Point is, you can do it without all of the annoying things that most people have to deal with when they're sending out packages. If you have a small business, you can print U.S. postage from your office, right from a regular computer, a regular printer. Very easy to do. You can do it from your home. You can do it from your desk at work. You can do it anywhere that has a computer and a printer. It's so easy. Get postage for any letter or package, any class of mail, all for just a fraction of the cost of an expensive postage meter. With Stamps.com, you never have to go to the post office again. You can spend your time where it matters most, focused on your business. We use Stamps.com. Brian Redband sends out all those Death Squad Kitty Cat t-shirts with Stamps.com. Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. Christina? What do I have, a lisp? The fuck is wrong with me today? It's being in the presence of a beautiful and hilarious Eliza Schlesinger that has me all tongue-tied. Um, gross. You, gross again. <laughs> Men are gross. Men, I, I agree. I'm with you. I'm on your side. Uh, and if you go now to stamps.com and you use the promo code JRE, you can get a no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer, which includes a free digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So do not wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in JRE. That's stamps.com and enter JRE. It's quick. It's easy. It's convenient. I have many friends that have experience with stamps. Stamps.com, all of them have positive stories. They enjoy it, they use it, and you will too, you freaks. So go there. Go there and enjoy. Enjoy the shit out of it. We're also brought to you by Squarespace. If you are thinking about starting your own web page, you're like, man, I need to make a web page, but who, where do I go? Who do I get to design it? I just, I don't know anybody that's good. I don't want to get ripped off. Stop right there. Squarespace is a method. It's a website where you can create your own website yourself. You can. I could do it, and I am a dummy. Anyone can do it. It's not hard to do. If you can do simple tasks on a computer, drag and drop, point and click, if you can add a picture to an email, you too can use Squarespace. It is an excellent platform for developing websites. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, all the style options you need to create a unique website for you or your business. It's a simple drag and drop interface and they offer 24-7 support. You could also create your own online store very easily, very quickly. You can also sell digital music. If you're a 
musician. You can sell digital music. If you're a guy who just likes to talk and you want to see if maybe people will buy you talking, hey, fucking give it a shot, pal. You never know. The point is, Squarespace has got you covered. Plans start at $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Responsive design. Your site will look awesome on any device, which is really key. If you do it yourself, most likely it won't look the same on Windows as it does on a Mac. But with Squarespace, they got you covered. Whether it's Android phones, whether it's a tablet, an iPad, it will look groovy on everything. Squarespace also has a logo creator where you can create your own clean, simple logo within minutes. For a free trial and 10% off of your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and enter in the code Joe. That's squarespace.com. Enter in the code Joe. I can't say enough good things about Squarespace. And I like when I, I meet the people behind a company and they're cool as fuck. And I met all the Squarespace folks. Not all of them. There's some Squarespace <laughs> folks out there like, what the fuck, man? You didn't meet me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean all of them. But I met a group that were from Squarespace, and they couldn't have been cooler. So I, I love that. I love that I'm working with nice people. So squarespace.com, entering the code word Joe for a free trial and 10% off your first purchase. Another thing that I really like about Squarespace is that you can use Squarespace. You can try it out before you enter in your credit card information. They let you try it. They let you see what it's like. And then if you like it, if you say, ooh, I, this, this website would be dope as shit, then you enter in your credit card information. They are that confident about the product that they're providing that's squarespace.com and use the code word joe we're also brought to you by onnit.com that's o-n-n-i-t onnit is a human optimization website we seek to inspire and give you the tools to get your shit together physically whether it's with strength and conditioning equipment whether it's with healthy foods and snacks like hemp force protein bars which are delicious and guilt-free protein bars. They're fantastic for you, very high in protein, and very easy to digest. And they will not give you gas unless you're one of those fucking weirdos that just gets gas from everything. And if that's the case, hey, fucker, it's not our fault. But if you're not that guy or gal, Hemp Force Protein Bars are the shit. You'll love them. I also love the uh, Hemp Force Protein Powder. Uh, we buy the finest protein powder from Canada, the highest in protein and the, the finest meaning. Like I don't mean just fine like it's the most awesome, but it's actually a finer blend of, of protein, so it's much easier to digest. Um, it's, it's more expensive to do it that way, but what we're trying to do it on it is just provide the very best things that we can find, whether it's the very best organic coconut oil, the very best Himalayan salt, like whatever we can find, we try to find the highest quality stuff and sell you that. Another new thing that we have is warrior bars and what warrior bars are these new organic Buffalo bars with Buffalo meat and no added hormones, no antibiotics, completely nitrate-free, and really delicious. It's made the original Native American recipe with um, – they, they cure them with – or cure them, preserve them? With cranberries, actually. Um, each bar is 140 calories, 4 grams of fat, and 14 grams of protein. Super healthy for you. No MSG, no soy, no lactose, gluten-free, no antibiotics or added hormones. A real, true, guilt-free snack. Uh, go to onnit.com and check out all the different things that we have, whether it's kettlebells, battle ropes, steel maces. We just give you all the tools that you need to get your shit together, to get your body in shape, to get your mind firing, to get your immune system kicking, to get your endurance up to par, bitches. And we are committed 
to provide you with what I said, inspiration and the tools to get your shit together. So go to onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. And if you use the code word Rogan, you will save 10% off the supplements. That's O-N-N-I-T. And the code word is Rogan. Eliza Schlesinger is here. Why fuck around, young Jamie? Cue the music, lad. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. I have friends that I see every now and again. They're like, dude, we got a fucking podcast again. But no, no more where we've fucking missed the mark and just lost the thread and sent a few emails back and forth and then dropped it and then picked it up again. Then you, Eliza Schlesinger. But we made it. it. We made it happen. We made it happen. You're here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you oh, want to look at yourself? I that part. You don't have to look at yourself. <laughs> no, I don't want we can to. shut them off. No, no, you can. Want us to shut them off? No, because it'll still be on. Are you freaking out? No, I'm fine. Are you okay I've with the way you TV. look? You have been on TV. Allegedly. Didn't you win a last comic standing? Yeah, let's open with that. Just so everyone knows who they're fucking with. Yeah, let, let people know. Watch out. Damn, bitch. Um, who, okay. who was on your season? No one of note. <laughs> that is the answer. That is the truth. That, the last comic standing is sort of like the ultimate fighter in a way where like, you get to a certain point in time where you're going to run out of talent. Right, if you just keep going, like you can't come up with twenty great new comedians every year. Yeah, you can, and can they just—they didn't. <laughs> oh, they can, but they didn't. But the, the show's coming back, and Ouch. I think that they'll. Uh, I th- hopefully they'll focus more on stand-up. Who was uh, the host? Your was it Jay Moore, the host? No, your it year? was Bill Bellamy. Oh, Bill Bellamy. He's, How, he's a sweetheart. Is he a sweetheart? I never yeah. met that dude. Um, cannot say my last name, but he's a sweetheart. Schlesinger is tough for black Schlesinger people. Schlesinger is tough for white people. Is it Schlesinger? Schlesinger. Schlesinger. So I've been saying it wrong every time I met you. Yeah, but everyone does, and it's not. You don't want. I just. It's Schlesinger. Almost like, it's almost as annoying as having a hyphenated last name. Yeah, that's gross. Like it's actually Samuelson Jacobson. Thank you. It's like well, nobody cares. Those people are pathetic. Those dudes who change their name for the girl and then like they yeah. make their name a hyphenated name. Yeah. You stop. It's usually like a really horrible like English professor or like women's literature like teacher from the northeast it's like i have Ooh. to keep my yeah, to right. maintain my last name it's or, just like come on uh, an alpha woman but he has to pay for dinner it. yeah mm. two alpha but he has to pay for dinner <laughs> <laughs> well that's super alpha super, uh, alpha yeah. and you know just being on top of him as well like being you're a lesbian let's call it what it is Is that what it is a lesbian yeah. that likes dick uh, well i i think yeah can, can you be an alpha female and just be uh, a, a, just a woman who's heterosexual, but she just likes to be the boss? Is that possible? Yeah, of course. You can? Of course. Okay. But You're, everybody has their breaking point. Have you been paying attention to this ban bossy campaign? Have you been paying attention to that? No, I just got in town. <laughs> this is answer. the so new thing uh, some feminists are trying to ban the word bossy oh ban I thought it was like ban was one guy and bossy was oh, another and they were like, like competing okay <laughs> I was trying to sound like really like what um, for, for council member yeah they're trying ban. to ban the term bossy yeah they think I that love that word. There's nothing wrong with bossy. I'm super bossy, and so is Blanche. Well, I think bossy is Blanche is her dog. I think bossy is kind <laughs> of a, a, a silly word. Like, what are you being all bossy? You know, I, I, yeah. I, it's not like what are you being a cunt? You know, Oof, yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, I, if somebody in a meeting were like, Eliza, you're being bossy, I'd, well, it'd be funny. Like, yeah, if you said that in a corporate setting. I think we have a real problem with uh, the sexes, with the battle between the men and the women, and one of the big problems is that a lot of people are just shitheads and it's just like making concessions to deal with shitheads, whether it's male or female. But I think that's across the board for not even for it's for race, for socioeconomic yeah. things, for everything. It's just concessions. I think you're totally right. I think that it's just dealing with a lot of shitheads. Yeah. But then there's like, 
things that just th- throw you so out of whack, like band bossy, like where you got to go, word? come on, you're, you're being so, you guys are so crazy. You're making the whole thing a parody. It takes away the legitimacy from anything else exactly. that you have a problem with. I can understand if bitch, I hate that word and that my biggest defense, if I ever get into a real argument, if you j- ladies, for the three of you listening, uh, while you're at jiu-jitsu we have like 20, practice, <laughs> okay, twenty black belt. If women you out call there. a guy bitchy before he can call you bitchy, you win. Because there, there's no coming back from that once you've like emasculated someone and you've been like you're being a bitch. Then they're like, Whoa. wow, I got news for you. If you can say you're being a bitch to a guy and you're emasculating him, he was lost from the start. <laughs> if a girl calls me a bitch, I'm like, oh, okay, really. But well, it'll stop obviously, me it will stop me dead then from hanging trapped. out with her. That's fair <laughs> enough. Like, what are we doing? Well, no, if you're, but if you're having an argument, like if for whatever, like if you were in the audience and you told someone, quit being a bitch. Right. Because it's not, but my point for their platform, if they had said, stop using the word bitchy or let's stop using other derogatory female words, that's fine. But bossy makes them sound like a bunch of fourth graders that want to run for class president. Well, it sounds like what they're trying to do is just take away any even mildly derogatory or mildly negative terms that could be applied to women that aren't going to be applied to men. Because right. bossy doesn't seem – it doesn't seem like you would use that in a masculine sense. I was going to say that, yeah. It's totally not. It's just for girls, but it's also for little girls. Like I would never describe a woman as bossy. I'd, say, I'd probably just say she was bitchy to be quite frank. But yeah, it's not for guys because men are already bossy. So – I guess therein lies the problem. Yeah, if you had like a woman who was a boss, like if she was the boss. Like a strong black woman? A strong black woman. And you're like, well, uh, how is uh, Shania? Is she a good boss? And you'd be like, she's a good boss, but a tad bossy. Right, it's two totally different things. A tad bossy. It's a tad bossy. She's uh, a dominant woman, but a tad bossy. She strong. knows her shit. She's good at her job, but a tad bossy. When I think bossy, I think micromanage. Mm. I think of my mom at like Thanksgiving, who like she brings an Excel spreadsheet to plan out Thanksgiving. No, and some people she are, does. Oh yeah, that's where you get it from. I'm not that organized. <laughs> <laughs> I go the other way. Uh, I, I rebel. I, in, in the quietest way when I visit my family because my mom's like go 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 here's what we're doing she'll ask me months in advance about plane tickets I shut down <laughs> I'm just like I don't know I turn into like the biggest stoner attitude without pot I'm just like I don't know man <laughs> whatever happens because she's so bossy that you can't you have no option but to go the other way or you will explode isn't that funny how you see kids that there's a direct result of rebelling against their parents that's shaped their personality sure there's a lot of kids like that yeah whether whether you mean to or not, I mean, I think my mom's great, but I just, I think also, like, energy-wise, like, if you're an alpha, but you meet someone that's a super alpha, like, you can only have one super alpha, like, I've met girls that are, like, I'm, I'm kind of bossy, and I'm very, like, in control, but when I meet other girls that are, like, that's all their personality, I just get very quiet. I'm like, I'll just do whatever you want, I don't <laughs> want you to rip my tits off. <laughs> you're terrifying. Does that annoy you though? Doesn't no. it annoy you when someone's super alpha or super bossy? If they're, if I don't, if I don't mind what we're doing, like I went to a wedding and there was this girl who was just like running shit and she was telling everyone to do it. And I've been to like one wedding ever. So I was fine to just do whatever she said. Cause it's not my domain. If, if it were something where I felt that I should be in charge, then it would be different. Was this girl the bridesmaid or the sister of the bride? Was, or I think she was just one of the bridesmaids. She was just a good friend. But I think part of being a comic also or being a human is identifying what someone is and fully respecting that. And rather than go against them sometimes, you know, then you find out why they're like that. She was dealing with some personal things. So I was glad that I went with it versus butted up, butting up against her because 
it would have just it would have been a fight for no reason. Does that make sense? Yes, a fight for no reason is a good way to put it because that's what a lot of people engage in. They engage in these fights. Like I've had conversations with friends where they'll tell me, "Oh, this fucking guy said this," and I was like, "Fuck you!" And I fucking told him, "Like I know what you're doing. It's passive aggressive bullshit. It's not gonna right. work." And like at the end of the day, man, what do you care? What do you? It's not gonna change. Yeah. I um, it's funny you said that. I can't, nothing was accomplished. Nothing was accomplished. They're not, especially as an adult. Like no one's gonna be like, you really made me review my behavior. And I've sometimes been doing it wrong. you can, but most of the times you can without going fuck you. Most sure. of the times you can by just talking to them and say, hey man, you know I respect you, but this is how you're coming off to me. I I had a thing re- recently with someone, and I sent them an email. And the best thing to do is start out with, if I've done something to offend you, please let me know. You start out like showing mm. them your pink soft underbelly, and then that gives them. A space to be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Like if you come from right. a place of contrition, uh, versus I got on a plane yesterday. You know when you get on a plane and you're like, oops, I didn't realize how drunk I was until I landed. Like you get on the plane drunk from the night before. Were you really? How I, dare you? I didn't. Liza Sluss just getting a party on out oh, there on the road. It was one of those nights that just like escalated very quickly. What happened? I just went out in Tampa with just some friends, and I don't know why we were drinking so much. I don't know what happened. Um, but I had like but it one got hour. crazy. It got crazy. I just got really drunk, but I got on the plane. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. This just really bothered me. And I'm in, the fact that I was in first class is not the point of the story, but I was in boarding group one and they boarded all the like 1K members, global services. They're like, you know what? So I let this woman go past me. I go, go ahead. I'm not global service. I'm not in any elite group. I'm just in first class. And she goes, oh, well, I'm going to first class too. There's only 12 of us. She was like, just go ahead of me. I go, okay. And this guy from behind me goes, yeah, don't worry about anyone else. Just fucking do whatever you want to do. And I thought he was joking. Like he was so angry and I was so buzzed that like, I wasn't sure, like, am I seeing things? So I get on the plane, I sit down and this guy made a point to when he walked on the plane to be shaking his head at me when he got on the plane. And every time I looked over to like, make sure he was real, he would be shaking his head. Like I had done something. And being a comic, I then spent the next three hours crafting the perfect comeback <laughs> for when we got up because I was sure we were going to butt heads and like it was going to go down. And the plane landed and he got up and he walked off and I never got a chance to yeah, say anything to him. That's something not to get worked up about. That's a weird one to get worked up about, like letting someone go in front of you, being polite. But also all the other people, I don't know why. I think there's like a dark cloud over my head. Like I just attract like negative energy. I don't think so. I've never seen it. If there was a dark cloud over your head, I think I would have noticed it. I think people just randomly, like, who gets, I don't know. Well, you, um, you're a very strong personality, and I mean that in a good way. Sure. That's why you and I are so, such good friends. Because we're both strong personalities? Because you're, because you, you always say that about me, but you're not, like, but like, you're super cool about it. Well, I'm not, I'm not offended by it. I think some people are intimidated by, well, there's men that are certainly intimidated by women who are smart and quick and have a strong personality. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I've said it to you before. Like, I don't know what you do when you date. Like, it's got to be rough out there for a chick like you. I don't know either. You got a lot a lot of um, unusual attributes. You're very smart, and you're also very quick. Like, when I talk to you sometimes, like, I don't think I talk as quick as you most of the time. And you're always like, <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> sound like a gremlin eating. Yeah. So it's like when, when we have conversations, it's like, whoa, I got to pick up the pace here. Eliza is <laughs> throwing heat. You know, like you're so excited to talk to you. Well, you're always, you know, you're fired up. You're a fired up person. So I'm fired up. <laughs> that, but I think some men don't want that. They want a chick to just lay back. 
Fair enough. But take it. What do you think that is? Do you think that men are scared of competition? Do you think that they're not secure in themselves so they don't like someone who they might judge themselves against and go, you know what? I think my fucking girlfriend's faster than me. Right. And she's smarter than me. I think there's. I think that's for guys or girls. Like nobody wants to feel threatened. But I also think there's just different types of guys. And there's secure guys and there's insecure guys and... Some people also don't. Well, I think everyone's a little insecure just as a human being. I mean, the fact that we're vulnerable, we're going to die, we get diseases, we get hit in the head by asteroids, shit happens. You know, everyone's a little bit insecure. Sure. But there's there's levels of that shit. And I think that a girl who just, you don't, look, you have your dog, you don't need anybody for love. You have a great career, you don't need anybody for money. You know, you're pretty, you can meet other guys. It's like you've got a lot of things that would fuck with a dude's head, and you're smart and fast. Thank you. That's got to be tricky. Uh, got to be tricky. I've, I don't know. And the older I get, the more, like, I, I think when you're in your 20s and you date, you don't really think about it. Now that I'm 31, I'm kind of looking back in hindsight, and I'm like, yeah, maybe they did have an issue. Like, what starts off as not being an issue, I think, in the end becomes an issue for them. Mm-hmm. But I don't, any guy that I date is, like, very supportive because I don't date comics either. So they're very supportive and they really respect what I do. And I, in turn, respect what they do. You know, you really have to respect what somebody else does. I mean, if you, I could never date like a musician that sucked. Like, even if he was a great person. Because if you have a job and you are bad at your job, like objectively yeah. bad at your job, then it means that you're delusional. And right. that means you're crazy. And it's like, if you don't like my stand-up, that's one thing, but there are plenty of people that do versus I'm a musician, I ha- can't get a record deal, my guitar is always out of tune, and like, this is my passion. I'd be like, okay, well, then you take your passion and go to the Third Street <laughs> Promenade because I, that means there are other areas in your life where that, where you, being that inept is going to is gonna do is gonna harm you yeah i agree and i think that people that are really bad at something and don't realize that they're really bad at something like that's a sign of there's a there's like a there's something wrong there's like a pathology there i think but i also think they're lucky in a weird way like that they don't know like they're just super happy Like people are so happy i don't buy that shit i don't buy it at all they're not they're not that's no there's no bliss there's failure there nothing but failure They, they can never get it together i think that's just the opposite of being lucky Think people are happy or think they're really good when they're not good. I think that is probably one of the worst things that could ever befall a human being. Because you think they secretly know. They must. I don't right? think they do know, even if they don't know. I've had conversations with comics that think they're good, and I know they fucking suck. Sure. I know they suck, and they think they're good. And you'll talk to them about sets, and they bombed, and they'll tell you that it went great. Okay, like, so let me ask you-, you about that. Yeah. Because I've had that happen where a I'll lot, talk to right? like a friend, yeah, or yeah. it'll be like, I crushed it, and then someone else will be like, yeah, I saw I said it was it was terrible. So then you're you're faced with, you're like, who's the crazy person here? Are you lying to me? Are you delusional? Are you, do you know that you suck, but you deep down, or do you really deep down think you're really good, but you had, like, what's going on, and why am I the only one seeing it? You, you see, it's just like we were talking about before, that that type of personality can manifest itself in a bunch of different ways and this is just one example of it it'll show up in a bunch of different parts of their life it's not just that but a lot of it is revisionist history they'll they'll have a bad set and then go back over their head and find things about the set that were good and then convince themselves that it was good see i wish i had that ability because i'll have a good set no here's why because i'll have a good set and i'll go back and i'll find all the bad things i'll be like that was horrible that's because you're an artist that's that's what's an artist that's what's called someone who is cares wouldn't it be nice to give yourself a break once in a while no no that's how you get better i completely agree i don't know why i'm playing this like passive passive 
hippie role. I just deal with it. I have, I look. I can crush. I can have a standing ovation, and I'll fuck up one joke, and that shit will haunt me for haunt days. For Forever. days. And every comic knows, like the pe- one guy in the front row who's mentally damaged that can't laugh, but is sitting in the front row, and you don't know that they're retarded till later, and you're like, he wasn't laughing. Uh, I don't pay attention to that. Staring. That I don't pay attention. If you don't laugh, that's on you. you a lot. You could choose not to laugh at a lot of things in life, but what I, it's like at this stage in my life, I know when I'm out of tune, and I've been yeah. out of tune before, and I fucking hate that feeling, and that shit will drive me crazy, but I always feel like I get better because of that. If I have a, Definitely. Yeah, if I have a moment where I'm out of tune and it haunts me, it makes me work harder. It makes me go back to the notebooks. It makes me go back to the... To the, to the keyboard that's the other thing for like comics if there's comics listening i always have because they always come up and they always ask you you know what, what's the secret or what do you do and i'm like you need to stop talking to me and you get on stage mm-hmm. you need to stop writing and like doing your act in the mirror like you need to get on stage and fail and fail and fail and when that joke sucks 10 times in a row do it 10 more times in a row mm-hmm. it's repetition it's just like being an athlete and people don't get that Right, and that's what, just what we were talking about. The people that don't see it, the yeah. ignorance is bliss people, they're not going to get those lessons. No, they'll be terrible, for sure. Forever. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> well, you're just trying to alleviate a little bit of the tension that you personally feel. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. But we can't. There's, there's comfort in discomfort. There's, oh, it's, you, yeah. you can learn from that. That's, that's the good place. I like being uncomfortable. I think some of the best moments on stage are when you acknowledge, I mean, and audiences love it when something bombs and you're like, this mm-hmm. is... You guys deserved a better ending than that. And I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I came at you with that. You paid. <laughs> yeah. Taking home your free improv glasses and I shouldn't have. Well, that's done one that. of the best ways to get through a new bit. You go like that bit is not done. <laughs> like that Ex- bit needs work. That's a trick that we all do. Yeah, yeah. Or I've said that the other day. I did a whole bit and it had this great crescendo and everything and they're right where there should have been like the killer punchline. I was just like this bit needs work. <laughs> I was like I'm sorry I took you on that journey, but wasn't it fun? Isn't it funny though that the only way to read Really work on those bits besides the writing and the stuff that you do by yourself is you got to do it in front of people and tweak it in front of people guys you got to get up and you got to just do it yeah there is no right i mean you can write all you want well our, we have the uh, one of the weirdest art forms because it's one of the only art forms that comes to life and develops in front of people like you could develop a killer fucking song by yourself yeah. and you could say hey i wrote this song and you play it it's done you know you could play it for me and i'd be like holy shit that's a great fucking song yeah but it's kind of rare. It happens occasionally. There's some bits that just write themselves, sure. and then they're done right out of the gate. But it's most of the time, they they come alive in front of people, and then you edit them in front of people, and you change yeah. them, and then you know you love those two-show Friday, two-show Saturday week, so you really get... By the time the late show Saturday rolls around, you got a good sense of how that bit works. Sure. And it's, it, it's, it's also because it's ever-evolving, and it's a living thing. Mm-hmm. And the bit... I mean, you could have a bit that, like you said, like it's pretty... I don't say perfect, but it is the way it is. You've been doing it the same, but it's ever-changing, and you're always tweaking it. You're always fixing a little thing. It's never perfect, which is what makes it frustrating but also so fun. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's how I always describe it. I always describe comedy as like a living art form. It is. It's like a live. It's alive, and it's it's like a little animal. I I like thinking it was an animal. I think of most things as little animals. But it's right in front (laughs) of you, and it's different with each audience. There's no – I was saying this the other day. What's weird about comedy is that if you were looking at it scientifically, there is no control group. There's never a point where you're like, this joke existed in this perfect vacuum, and here's how it should be. And then you test it on different audiences. It's difficult to tame because it's different every single time, and your variables change every time. Yeah, but that's because you're good. People that are not good, we've all seen them. They start out the same way every night. They end the same way every night. For years. They press play, click, click, and they have an act. Yeah. And they just... 
play that act. It was the hardest lesson I had to learn at the beginning when I would do the comedy store because I have a very energetic act. And so whatever I had for the first, whatever, 20 minutes I had when I first started, I would do that and I would just pound the audience with it, not giving – I can't believe I'm talking about this right now, but not giving it a chance to breathe. Not You know Tommy at the comedy store? Like I sound like him right now. Why does he say that? Well, I'm going to get your beats right, okay? It's a living. You have to. You have to. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Okay. I don't Just ever. He doesn't ever talk to me well, about comedy. Okay. I haven't talked to him in seven years. But even back then, he doesn't talk to me about uh, comedy. No, and he wouldn't. And you've not allowed. been doing it. No, for sure. He'll, he'll, he imparts this wisdom anyway. But he, I will. I can't want to say this. He was right in that. You gotta. You gotta lie brave. Well, oh. it's like a fine wine. You know, Missy knows, and I know how to it tell people to let it breathe. That's why I'm here. Yeah. But it, you get up there. You gotta let oh. the audience. You gotta gauge them. Give it a second. Mm-hmm. Like I had to learn. I can't just go on stage and be like, "How's everybody doing?" So right. pizza. Ah! Yeah. Sometimes you can. Sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes you cannot. And when you find that connection with the audience, and then you ride that wave. I was on the plane coming home from Orlando, and I listened to something that I'm going to recommend to every comedian. It's pretty fucking badass. Um, It's a laugh.com thing. Um, I thought it was a Woody Allen stand-up bit, uh, or a stand-up album, Mm -hmm. because I don't, you know, I've only seen a few pieces of Woody Allen stuff. I really haven't listened to uh, much of his comedy, and uh, I'm incredibly fascinated by him as a human being, just because... All the above, because he's a creeper, yeah. because he's talented as well, because he he's really funny, and he was. And I listened to some of his old stuff, and it was really like hypersexual, and I was like, wow, I never really noticed how sexual it was, and like, no wonder why he's such a fucking perv. <laughs> but it's Woody Allen on comedy, and it's from Laugh dot com, and it's really fucking old. I think it might be from before he was even doing movies, because there's no mention of movies, and it's mention of like just Jack Benny and Jackie Gleason and old school comics that have never heard of before and his uh his voice sounds really young that's cool i'll listen to that it's really interesting because it's just it's not comedy it's just a question and answer piece on that's it right there woody allen on comedy and um i if you're a comic look it's got 12 oh three reviews five star reviews it's really fucking good how'd you find it um, I just looked on you know the uh, Google Play Store or Amazon MP3 store and just okay. downloaded it. I, I was just looking for something Woody Allen on a whim and uh, listened to it for the first time this weekend. It's really fucking interesting because, first of all, he's dead on the money about a lot of shit, but he's really honest too about like hacks and about how some people can like really kill, but the audience takes nothing from it, yeah. and then someone else might have like a little less of an impact like laugh wise but the audience walks away and they're like really intrigued and and feel touched and connected by what that person said you know i can think a perfect example of that is like bill hicks like there's some people that think bill hicks is the most hilarious guy ever i completely disagree i he's one of my all-time favorite comedians without a doubt and one of my all-time most influential people that i've ever seen perform and that i've ever listened to and a hero of mine for sure but I don't think he's the funniest guy ever. I don't it think makes he's. Makes you think. Yes, exactly. I feel that way about Bill Burr, who I think is a genius, and I think he's hilarious. But when I listen to his stuff, it's less, and I mean this in from the highest light, I guess. It's less of me laughing out loud and more of me going like, oh my God, that is such a good I think that's because you're a comic. Because you like Maybe. appreciate the craft of his comedy. Because he, he makes me laugh my fucking ass off. Um, he, first of all, I love Bill because he's uh, from where I'm from. He's old school Boston. Yeah. Like if you want to know like what's a Boston style of comedy, his style is more Boston even than mine. Sure. It's like hyper observational, in your face. I would just call it East Coast. Yes. For, I mean, 
Because then you have someone like on the other end of the spectrum, like Pablo Francisco, who I fucking worship. And that's not, you don't want to come away from that like, oh, that's a real thinker, that stripper bit. But God, was that fucking funny. Well, he's all noises and silliness. Oh, and I love it so much. <laughs> you got to see Pablo in person, too, to really appreciate the madness. Like, oh. I've seen Pablo on television, and it's like, you don't, I'm trying to figure out with my next special how to uh, get a live performance to translate directly into uh, a DVD or a CD. And I think the best way, when I'm going to do my next one, I'm going to do it in a comedy club, a real small, like 300 seat comedy club. Because I've been doing these 2,000 seat yeah. venues, and it's just, it's so not the hard, same. It's man, doing those huge venues. Well, it's just not the same, the right. connection with the crowd. It's not as intimate. I've always wanted to do a double release DVD. I'd like to do. Not the same set, but like you'd sell them together, and one would be the big venue, uh-huh. like a theater, and then one would be something like not a Largo, but something more intimate. To, and How you many could, is Largo seat? I don't know. I've never been allowed in. Uh, <laughs> like a hundred. I don't know. It's, it's small. It's Are smaller you not than allowed an in Largo. I'm allowed in Largo. I was just <laughs> is uh, that a club? Is that a click? It's it's like super cool. Is it super cool? It's, it's like, not super cool though. It's like we're a band, but we don't play music. We just write down the notes and then we fax them. Like I don't know. It's well, it's a part of that alternative comedy movement. Tis, but I yeah. perform there. But I've always wanted to sell two DVDs, just almost to, sh- to showcase your range as a comic. Like, look, mm-hmm. I can do an intimate room, or dominate with a big room. Yeah, that's uh, that, it's a totally different style of comedy, right? Totally, because you can't come out. You can't be in everyone's face in a small room. It's all you have to connect with the audience. It's it's like it's two different animals. There's that feeling that you get too when you're in a comedy club, like uh, when you're in the back of the room. Like the smile is very contagious. It's like you're overwhelmed by the the positive energy of yeah. a room when it's doing well. And like like the Laugh Factory or uh, not the Laugh Factory, rather the Ice House is mm-hmm. my favorite example. The Ice House, that main room is only seats when it's stuffed to the gills. It only gets 190 people in there. It's tiny, and it just. It just lights up. Sure. It's just on fire. When you're in the middle of that energy versus being on a stage that's far away from them. I actually, if I had my job, if I could make a living doing, my comedy is very loud and in your face and energetic. So it lends itself to a larger room. But I really enjoy my small alternative venues. I love doing them. Because you get that connectivity and you write the most. Mm -hmm. And you get a chance to be like, was that funny? Did you like that? And, like, you can see the disgust on their faces. Yes. Right up close. Do you ever do the little stage at the Ice House? The, the stage two? Yeah. That place is the shit. I it's like, like that. 85, 90 seats or something. I've done that when I've done your show. Yeah. The, um, and that's cool. It's just, it's just a different kind of writing. And I think a good comic can go from one to the other, can run off and go do a 300-person show at the Improv and then run to that small stage and adjust accordingly. Uh-huh. Uh, like yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's a really interesting thing. And there's parallels, I think, in all art forms, whether it's in music or in painting or anything, anyone that I've talked to that's an artist, about creating, the creative process. And it seems to be all about just like focusing on it, the intensity and the focus and the, the dedication you have to whatever you're doing, whether it's a, completing a set, writing mm-hmm. a joke, or making a sculpture, whatever the fuck it is. It's like getting out of the way and focusing on it, but yet getting yourself out of the way and letting that thing become whatever the fuck it is. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a process, and it also takes time to even learn that process. Like, joke aside, like, to know I need to let this breathe or I need to think about this. Like, there's just – and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Uh-huh. And you, it's almost like you're, like, lost in a comedy forest and you just got to, like, figure out your own way back. Yeah. When you have – when you're on stage and you've got this, like, list of jokes that you're trying to work out or the beats and there's no right way to put that set list in an order, it's – like a weird science. 
Yeah, it's a and it's a weird science that no one can fucking teach you. You cannot be taught. That's my other thing. I have a friend who's a comedy coach, and she's hilarious. So she is the exception to this rule. But in general, like they that's suck. why most people that like teach comedy classes, it's like you've never heard them of them mm-hmm. because those who can't do and those who can't teach, um, those who can do and those who can't teach. But you can't be taught all these comedy classes, comedy lectures, comedy seminars. And even right now, like you can listen to us all you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't get up tonight and do like those three minutes that scare you, you're never going to be anything. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think where it benefits is someone who's listening to this can get the Eliza Schlesinger take on, of, on comedy and apply it. Learn from it. Their, do the opposite own... <laughs> and have a real career. <laughs> oh, put, put, put it in their database. And, you sure. know, like, like I was saying about Woody Allen on comedy. I mean, I've been doing comedy for 20 fucking something years. And listening to Woody Allen on comedy, I was like, ooh, okay. Oh, all right. And you, should, you should listen to everyone. You should take notes. You should watch comics that you like but at the end of the day if you don't practice yes then it's worthless then you it's may as totally. well be a comedy blogger a comedy blogger <laughs> well the, have you ever seen people that rate my dvd I'm saying, just... <laughs> have you ever seen uh comedy bloggers try to go on stage and they think they're cute no but they eat uh, plates I, of shit <laughs> of course and then you want to be like let me review your performance <laughs> asshole oh we started out weak and finished even weaker well, it's one of those things where you, you can't, there's no shortcuts to doing stand-up. No one can teach you how to do it, but what we can there are do- shortcuts. You can get a horrible show, and then you can sell out arenas the rest of the But there's no shortcuts. When you right. go up there, you still eat shit. Sure. That's even f- more frightening. That's the Michael Richards scenario. When you're a hugely famous, very successful, world-loved man, yeah. and then you go on stage and eat plates of shit. And say nom, the N-word. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> well, he was saying the N-word because he was, first of Being all, heckled. I'm pretty sure he was coked up. And I say this as a person who's never done coke. So I don't really totally know the coke attitude other than like watching it from afar. Right. But uh, you bring Blanche up to the microphone. I'm sorry. You, I don't know why You can't I'm keep her away from you for just a few minutes. Why would I? <laughs> She's so cute. Speaking of Coke, did someone say cocaine? She's a little sweetie. Um, Michael Richards was at the Comedy Store before he had his famous meltdown that night at the Laugh Factory. He did two sets that night. And Brent Ernst came up to me um, after the Laugh Factory one. He came over to the store. He's like, dude, I just saw the craziest Uh fucking shit. Because he was there. He's like, he goes, that fucking Michael Richards guy goes on stage at the Laugh Factory. He's eating shit. These black guys start heckling. He starts tossing around the N-bomb. I go, no! He goes, yes. He goes, look, there's a nigger. And he starts pointing at them and saying it. And Brent Ernst is saying this. And we're like holding our face in, you know, the parking lot of the store. We're like, no! Oh, he didn't. I guess he did. But I thought it was going to end there. And then someone fucking, it was like one of the very first times someone filmed something with their camera. But we watched Michael Richards have these really tough sets. And it was really weird because he's this guy, super famous, and he would go on stage and just fucking bomb. He had nothing. He was an open micer. I mean, he was an open micer that was super confident. And he would get these big rounds of applause when he'd get on the stage. Like, everybody would be so excited. And then he would, like, do pratfalls. But it would never translate. Without the rest of the cast. Without a writer. Right. I mean, that's the thing about sitcoms. It's like a real sitcom writers are some of the most undervalued and underappreciated people in the world of like making those stars. Like, there's a whole slew of people that are, you know, they may might not ever be great comics themselves, but they know how to craft material for a guy like Richard. Right? Yeah. Uh, Was is it Ray Romano or is it Jerry Seinfeld? That someone says a thing about like how you're given that. X amount of minutes 
when you get on stage when you're someone famous. I think it's Ray. Yeah. Like they give you they give you that, and that's where the applause are and the courtesy laughs because they're yeah. waiting for something good. I've seen plenty of comics who are movie stars, maybe started as comics and then became something else, and they go back, and you're like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. Or I was talking about this with somebody last night. I'll have people that I think are very funny, and then on Twitter. It doesn't translate. Yeah. And I think a versatile comic, the difference between a stand-up comedian and, and a funny person is somebody that is able to be ver- to do it on any platform. You can be funny in person or in the writing or in 140 characters or on a script. Like that's when you have comedy in you mm. uh, and you're a performer. Versus- it's also that you're kind of comedy. Like some some kinds of comedy just do not translate in the written form. So, some don't. And that that's the example. Like here's Michael Richards. You're not a stand-up comic. Maybe he did it at one point, but people think, and this is not about him, but I think that's where ego gets into it because you're like, well, I'm fucking funny when people write my stuff down. I could do this. Yeah. So many people, and it drives me nuts, take my art form that I hold near and dear to me and that stand-up comedy, and they're like, I could do that. Hey, I'm doing stand-up now. I'm like, oh, are you? Or is it doing you? <laughs> oh, are, oh, you're just going to give it a whirl? Oh, okay, cool. That's like, it's almost like it's my it's my craft. I'm very protective of of all that it entails. Are you uh, exclusive? Like, do you tell you know? Do you feel like exclusionary like that? Do you think like what do you mean? Like, well, I'm I have the to- the totally opposite attitude. Like, if someone says, uh, "I think I could do that," I'm going to do stand up comedy. I'm like, you could do it. Anyone can do it. You can do it. Anyone can do it. You just have to figure it out. If you're objective, sure. you could figure it out. I don't begrudge anyone the, and I want them to go up there and be funny. I love funny people. I think my thing is. People say it as if, like, I'm going to take a pottery workshop. Like, I'm going to give stand-up a whirl. And it's almost this – I've had friends or I've known people that have done it, and they eat shit. <laughs> but they thought they did a good job or they're like, this is part of my thing. I'm like, I want mm. these jokes to be weird. And you're like, all right. So what just happened was the you just killed the energy that I've got to go dig myself out of a fucking hole now. Yeah, my four-year-old does that. Like, she'll fall down <laughs> and go, I meant to do that. I meant and to do I that. And I go, listen, the quicker you get over the fact that everyone falls everyone and you falls. should never lie because everyone knows that you fell. Moral is yeah. don't be a liar. You do, well, yeah. Don't try to trick people to make yourself feel better because it doesn't ever work. It's like name dropping. That shit impresses no one. No one. Never That's has. So never will. It just makes you look like a fucking idiot. You know, like, well, you know, we're hanging out with David Copperfield the other night. And like, no one, gi- no yeah. one gives a fuck. Nobody gives a f- Not only do they not give a fuck, they respect you less for name dropping. The only, and what is tough, I will say this, on the rare occasion that I'm with somebody that is famous or that is like cool, I almost, because I'm so painfully self-aware, I preface it with, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. Like, whatever. Brad Pitt is not the guy in the story. But Brad Pitt was there. I don't know him. Right. He was at the party. Here's the rest of the story. Right. Just letting you know that, like, we don't hang out. But I was next to Brad Pitt. Well, that's you being aware. Sure. You being aware of how douchey it could sound to name drop Brad Pitt. Whereas right. a person who's unaware. Like, unaware people are really frustrating to me. Like, I'm people so are just... so lucky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the frustrating goofiness of being unaware is, is very... It, to me, it bothers me because um, I think that all comics in in some way or form are kind of chameleons. I think we sort of uh, uh, we, yeah. we sort of absorb a lot of like a lot of who I am. Like what what makes me like a comic is like a lot of funny people that I knew, people that I grew up with, people that I ran into that said funny things, and I've sort of like I think all of us. A sponge. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just, even the most unique personality ever uses the English language and uses it in a form that people have used for thousands of years. I mean, it's like even the combination of words that you use that are particularly unique, you use it because you've sort of seen a million different examples of how other people use the English language, and yeah. you've kind of like d- d- taken a little bit of this and added a little bit of that, and always oh, a combination of Jackie Gleason and yeah. Sam Kinison, and you know? I think that hyper-awareness kind of takes not the wonder out of or it almost takes the mystery out of people like even if we were to like talk about like even in the dating world some guy walks in and he's got like like a Johnny Depp thing like maybe like a bunch of necklaces and like a shirt <laughs> open I'm like you purposefully put on all those necklaces yes. you're not a pirate your hair if you, or even when I see like punk rockers and they've got like a mohawk and I'm like I'm just imagining this super tough punk rocker sitting there with hair putty for four hours sculpting this right. and it just takes the mystique out of all of it because you have to think about it you have to think about it no one is original everything is horrible Good night. <laughs> that's the name of my new well, you can be original or you can be uniquely you, but you're not 100% original. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. It's, we, we come from a culture that has existed for hundreds of years, and it's a part of a civilization, human civilization that's existed for thousands of years, and there's just no getting away from that. You can't get out of your roots. You're not going to be wholly and completely unique. Uh, I actually am working on – this is also a comic thing, like prefacing with working on a bit about, but girls have – and men do it too, obviously, but like girls have this – when you are a part of a homogeneous mixture of people, like when you go to high school or everyone's blonde, everyone's a cheerleader, everything's this, girls always find that have this desire to set themselves apart. And it's always something like, I'm 118th Cherokee or <laughs> my mom was Spanish. And it's just like, you are white. Nobody cares. And it's this desire to set ourselves apart because we're always told that we're special and we're different. Right. So that's, you know, or even like, oh, your last name is whatever, like. O'Donnell, and you're like, yeah, Irish pride. And it's like, your great-great-grandmother was Irish. Like, that's it. You've never been. Nothing about you is particularly Irish. I can drink just as much as you. Like, people love it. They'll look to their heritage to separate them. And when that doesn't do it, they'll look to where they were born or where they were conceived. Anything to set them apart. My friend Marcus Davis, he's a a fighter. He used to fight for the UFC. And he's... uh, He's pretty hot. He's a good-looking man. It's a studly, manly man. But uh, he's from Maine, and uh, he's uh, a Boston, Maine area. And he's, um, you know, grew up, I think, in Boston, lives in Maine now because he just likes it up there. But very Irish, like into Irish. He would fight. He would go out to the House of Pain, you know, and, you know, like. Thank God for the House of Pain, or else what would Irish people get hypey to? (laughs) Jump up, jump up, and get down. We've heard it four times. Please play something else. Everybody jump. One more time. One um, more time, Sully. The acoustic version. And um, anyway, he fought another friend of mine, Dan Hardy, who's uh, an Englishman, a real Englishman, like from England. And uh, Dan Hardy was mocking him, calling him a fake Irishman. You know, it was like he's like half Irish, like claiming Irish. And he just mocked him the entire camp as a fake. By the time they got into the, the cage together, he was so angry. Sure. He was so pissed at Dan because Dan was calling him a fake. Marcus was just out of his head. Like he didn't didn't fight up to his potential just because he was so emotional. Oh, he didn't use it. Well, he just couldn't. Well, wow. it's not, you don't really. Well, the Irish aren't f- very bright. No, I'm, that's I'm not totally tr- kidding. How I like dare how all you? the things I said. That's the one where you're like, no, please you. don't think that we have a thing against the Irish. It's uh, emotions are your enemy, and when it comes to fighting, when you uh, when you get too vested in you know the the pressure of kicking someone's ass it just can be it's too much it makes it it I makes it too know, much but pressure. i would imagine have you ever had a little hair puller a fucking no uh, i went to college i'm not gonna get whoa fight people in college girl. fight i think if you're not a real fighter i'm speaking of women it is the ultimate white trash move to get in a fight 
Really? Yeah. Because that means my words that I use to make a living and feed my dog have exhausted me. And um, I, I'm going to have to resort to violence. Like, that's <laughs> how much you've gotten me. I don't understand that mentality. If you're a real fighter, I guess that's different because that's what you would go to. Or probably if you're a real fighter, you would never fight anyone randomly because you have too much to lose. And you could probably kill the person. Well, also, you realize how dumb it is. It's, it's, it's dumb. You know, what fighting real well, not fighting. I mean, fight, what fighting really is is like what fighting is with animals. It's like... It's combat. But when you're thinking about martial arts, martial arts, the the last person that you would expect to see in a fight is a martial artist. Right. A smart martial artist would be able to figure out their way out of the situation long before it ever escalated. Most likely. Unless right. you're just in the worst case scenario with the worst aggressive drunks and you dangerous right. people and you got to defend yourself. Um Two things. One, I'm slightly obsessed with Ronda Rousey. I follow her Instagram. Slightly. And I've been... Every time I see you, you're I, like, I gotta meet Ronda Rousey. I want to meet her because she is... Like, I think I'm a pretty tough girl, but like she takes it to a whole other level. Oh, she'll make you uncomfortable. She's so cool, but I feel like we'll be best friends. Anyway, I wrote a bit about her. Um, <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, I'll, was, I'll hook it up. How about the next time you come on, I'll bring Ronda. Yeah, I really okay. want that because I have so many things to tell her. Also, <laughs> I think she's really pretty and I follow her Instagram and I'm really excited if that her career If she kissed you, involved. would you just accept no, it? No, I don't. Would she it. grab the back of your hair like the the scruff you would of never your mane. see a fighter get taken down quicker than if she tried to kiss me. You would take her down? No, I wouldn't take down Ronda Rousey. That's not what I'm saying. Is she a lesbian? No. Okay, then why would she kiss me? Just, well, just to fucking dominate you. No. Just to go alpha on you. You're a really strong chick. I don't and think it works that way for sure women. Sure, it does. I... The, their clit gets bigger right here. Oh my fucking God. Like, it, it elongates. Stop. I can't like a let hyenas. my parents listen to this. They're not going to listen to it anyway. No, they won't. It's Joe like a who? hyena clit. The guy from Fear Factor? I love that show. Did you know that hyenas, the female hyena, actually has a fake penis? They have a faux penis? Doesn't it all start as a vagina and then it grows into a penis? Like... China, the wrestler, has like a giant... Sort of. What you're saying is very similar. Oh, we all, what, what it is is we all start out as females. As females, right. Human beings do. Yeah, that's I, why men have nipples. Okay, I, uh, right. Yeah. Um, I just... I, my, I had another point before we start talking about... Ape clitor- clitoride. Well, we're talking about hyenas. No, we were not. You were talking about hyenas. hyenas I said giant, I want to meet Ronda Rousey. Fake dicks. You made it weird. Well, I'm saying Ronda would grow a giant fake dick if she was around you just to dominate you. Okay. I just want to meet her because I think we'd be like best <laughs> friends and I just want to like maybe like train with her one day but not have anyone touch me at the same time. Well, she would show you some moves. You wouldn't roll with her, but she no. would show you some moves. She She's would definitely so cool. do it. She's so cool. Well, I'm glad you love her. I do. She, uh, you know, she's a really unique person. It's like Dana White and I were having this conversation once, and he, he was like, she's just a once-in-a-lifetime person. I said, no. I go, more than that. I go, she's a once-ever. I go, there's never... Well, think about how many lifetimes people have lived. When, what's the other Ronda Rouseys you can bring Ever. Up? Also, Ever. if I were a girl, if I were a fighter, if I did like ultimate fighting like her, I would be scared shitless. She just dominates consistently. She yeah. doesn't lose. And I looked at a picture on her Instagram, and it's... Who's she fighting? She's, there's a fight coming up in like in May that Alexis was announced. Alexis Davis. Yeah, and like the picture, like Rhonda obviously has like, she's a star now and she's got like a makeup team and her picture's got her heavyweight belt and her hair is done. The other girl's in like a sports bra from like a big five. And she's just there. <laughs> like, oh God, no team around her, no lighting. Well, that's, and she does have a team. Davis is a very talented fighter. She's really good. It's a good fight. Not going to beat my I, Rhonda. I like the fight though because Davis is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She's got real good Muay Thai, great leg kicks. She's very technically sound. I was going to say all of them. But Rhonda's just she's such a fucking beast. She's a she's, beast. A, she's a weird combination because she's absolutely beautiful. But she 
she's just so fucking physically dominant. You know, yeah. it's not just pretty, but with like great technique and, you know, wins, but looks like a girl. Like she's got this weird thing going on where she like crosses back and forth between, you know, like she's like a werewolf. You know, she crosses she's back like and werewolf. forth between like badass monster and she's hot chick. Jacked. Yeah. yeah. Big so, thick neck, but still pretty. Yeah. She's, you know? she's still, she's able she's to do it. She's, she's, she pulls it off. I've got nothing. Even if I had something bad to say, I wouldn't. <laughs> She's she also owns who she is. You yeah. Know, she owns it hook, line, and sinker. Like, this is who it is. Take it or go fuck yourself. Well, I think she is also, I mean, she gets to play herself in movies. Like, she's going to be, what's the movie she's Expendables. Gonna, Expendables. Like, yeah. she's a fighter in these. You know, they're not asking her to play. Like, she's not in a romantic comedy. Right. So she's been given uh, the blessing of getting to be herself in her career so early on versus trying to be something else. Well, she has a very unique mother. Her mother was one of the very first medalists in in, in judo and she was uh, like a world championship level judo player. Her it's mom like her was. families are exactly the same. Her family's? No, oh, kidding. your family's? Oh. Her her mom is a very unique woman. Really, really. I want to get her on the podcast and I will eventually, but her mom is brilliant. Really, really intelligent and just developed her daughter, you know, early on. Like she would wake her up in the middle of the night and make her do arm bars. She's just like, wake her up, get on top of her, and make Rhonda hit an armbar. Like, yeah. <laughs> she like created a monster. Rocking. Yeah, she did. Um, but an awesome monster. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that chick's Rhonda personality. Rousey, follow me on Instagram. We can be best friends. I'll make you a friendship bracelet. I'll, I'll hook you guys up. I'll get the phone numbers together. It's we'll like all we'll my make it happen. Me. <laughs> Brian Callen's met her. He said I could meet her. You met her. That's it. Those are my only friends. That Come on. We can make it real. I really want to meet her. Okay. I will, I will make you meet her. And arm wrestle her. No, you don't want that. I made a. I'll show you when we leave. Don't I made do anything a, competitive with her. Just how just, about we both do stand up? See who fucking wins, Rhonda. What if she's good? What, she probably is. <laughs> yeah, she's probably good. At, she's probably one of those that's like good at everything. <laughs> she can like bake a pie while fucking or something. <laughs> <laughs> Doggy do style, opening the door, uh. oven door. <laughs> Could you imagine if she got on stage and fucking killed? That would really devastate you. No, would no, you I run would, home and write jokes? I would no. I would no because. I would, I would just be like, I would solidify my desire to be best friends with her. Mm. If you were on a, a, an island together, do you think you would go lesbian with her? No, she would eat me and not like in your uh, hot Joe Rogan way. Like she if- would eat my face <laughs> and she would pick my teeth with her arms. Well, what if you were like uh, in an island with a lot of like good food? Let me ask Coconuts, you this. a lot of fish. What, first of all, I'm not a dude. So my desire to fuck is not as intense as a man's. My thing would be like, I need to stay alive right. and eat versus yeah. like, oh, I got to fuck someone. Mm-hmm. Hey, other woman. Right. Let's do that. No. Mm-hmm. No, I would not. But you would like companionship, at least. I think the desire we for companionship is... wouldn't become a prison is, family. <laughs> no. But the desire to like be touched is very universal, right? Uh, it's so universal. I definitely... Yeah. It, it, yes. I was thinking yeah. about that this weekend. I definitely made someone give me a back rub. Unrequited <laughs> back rub. Well, also just a hug. Just someone giving you a hug if you haven't been hugged in a while. However, to the guys listening... Don't hug girls that don't want to be hugged. Yeah, don't do that. That's creepy. Yeah, we don't want that. Well, especially girls, because a guy hugging a girl is such an... It's a risky scenario for the girl. Yeah. Well, not always, but the the potential is there. And it's just a risky scenario that you're going to let this guy hold your body. And then also, it's like... Then it escalates with a lot of people. Then it moves to like creepier and creepier and creepier areas. Some guys can give you a hug, right? And it's just a hug. Like, hey, Eliza, what's up? I hope that I'm that guy. I give you hugs and you don't get any weirded out. Like, he's trying to get hug number three now. He's trying to rub his crotch against me. No, that doesn't. But there are guys like that, right? Sure. I actually. They get that first hug and then. After. Well, uh, 
I get a lot of like comics will come up that I don't know, but they think we know each other, which is look, I'm not famous and I'm not a dick, but like just because I did one show with you, right? Like ever, or just because I've seen you at the comedy store and they come, they're like, "What up, sweetheart?" and they give you a hug and you're like, "Ugh!" Like I don't want to hug you. Like I don't want right. to get a physical connection with you. Fucking, I, I don't, I don't know you. My thing is after shows, and this is always weirding me out. I've had definitely, I've got all kinds of fans, a lot of creepy ones, a lot of lonely ones. Everybody's super cool. I've never had an issue with a male fan being aggressive, even if they're, like, wasted. But I've definitely had girls that get out of control. Like Lesbo style? Like, I had a girl, she kept kissing my face. Ooh. Like, she kept kissing my cheek. Mm. And, like, a security guy had intervened. Like, I could definitely take care of myself because she wasn't Ronda Rousey. But it's always weird. Like, girls step over that line more than guys do. But well, they definitely, like, touch you weird, like, on your side. They want to see, like, are you fat under that T-shirt. The like, girls do that? Guys do it, too. Like, there's – when you take a picture – they put their arm around your waist. And right. I'm just like hyper aware of the fact that there is a very thin fabric separating like my naked body from this guy's hand. And you're wondering then is he going to go back and be like, oh, yeah, she wasn't as thin as I thought she'd be. Or <laughs> like you just all these thoughts. And meanwhile, they're just drunk and like I got to get out of here. But but you attach all these things to it. Of course. You're touching my body. There's a weird thing where, you, where people hug girls. Like hugging a girl is like pretty standard. You know, if you know a girl and you see her like, hey, what's up? You hug yeah. her. Whereas like if it's a dude that I knew the same amount, I would shake his hand. I feel, but you hug like your uh, like good guy friends. Always. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hug all my friends. I hug every life. If right. I see Joey Diaz, I hug him every time I see him. Because there's it's just there's a certain line you cross, and then once you become huggers, you must maintain hugging. Yeah, you can't like hug, hug, hug. Hey, nice to meet you. Shake your hand or nice to see yeah. you. I'm not a big hugger. With some of my most with my closest girlfriends, we don't hug because we're just not like that. Mm-hmm. I tend to hug girls that I know less because it lets them know, like, look, I'm a girl like you. It's right. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like you're almost like like throwing up a flag of peace. Yeah. And friendship. Yeah. And it's also a good way, like, I don't know, to break the ice after yeah. like, if you go to like a party, you're like, oh, it's nice meeting you. Right, right, right. Just, it's just a human thing to do. Like to solidify that the it was a fun mm-hmm. sort of way, put a cap on it, that it was a, a good put a interaction. Cap on it. Yeah. But I've definitely done like this weird autism thing where like I'll hug like three of the four people and the fourth one I'll just be like, oh, right. <laughs> well, I do that too if I don't know the other person. Or sometimes I go, him. come on, bring it in. Let's all hug. Let's group hug. <laughs> Really, what I'm the subtext is like, I just got to get out of here, so please don't think I'm rude. Goodbye, right? So, hug, hug. But to that one person, that shit will haunt them like you stumbling on a joke. That yeah. fourth person that you didn't hug, like, what the fuck do I fucking? I was listening to this thing, it was a, a, a talk once that this guy was giving about um, uh, all sorts of different psychological disorders, and one of them was a theory that they had had at one point in time about schizophrenia, schizophrenia being. Um, so having something to do with smells and that really? yeah like it and, triggers it well that you give off certain that it's a hormonal firm, issue that you give off a certain smell and then people respond to that smell and they go oh this guy's weird and then that you go wow something. i'm fucking weird and then it starts this chain reaction that makes you weird that makes you yourself yeah, weird like, when your own pheromones upset someone else. Yeah, because your okay, your like reality becomes defined by people avoiding you and freaking out by you, and you can get kind of crazy because of that. Sounds like you need to be schizophrenic people need to be more secure in who they are. Well, look at you. Fucking take that. Hey, we all we all start from different places, Eliza Slester. Some people had shitty homes without organized parents like you. I fair enough. I think the schizophrenic. I think the pheromone thing is huge. I've dated. I remember dating someone. We didn't really have anything in common, but we couldn't stop smelling each other. Whoa. Went to a bar, and I just, like, buried my face in his neck, and I just, like, I can't stop. There was something – some people just smell like home for some reason. Not hmm. necessarily your home, but, like, you get a very comfortable feeling. He turned out to be, you know, a nightmare, but 
that on a pheromone level, it was the best. So he was a nightmare, nightmare psychologically? I mean, it was. we just didn't work out, and that's fine. But I remember just sitting there, and I was just like, I cannot stop doing this. Was he the nightmare, or were you? Uh, we'll talk about it off the air. It was definitely not me. It was definitely not me. I don't want to say what it was because anyone listening that happens to know him will be like, I know. Right. Who that was. Right, 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 uh, right. I will share with you a story if you want to hear please, it. Please, please. Because this is really my thing. I shared this for the first time in Tampa this weekend and I hadn't told it to anyone. Scoot on up to the microphone. Let us know. Um, I, this is just a crazy You're not story. wearing headphones. That's why I'm letting people know. Like you, oh. when, you when you move away left it. and to the right of these things, it changes the volume. Do you think it really matters if you put it left or right? Like no, that oh. doesn't matter. But if you, were you looking for Blanche? No, I was looking for the volume. It's Blanche up here. Oh, that's fine. Next to this. You okay? Is this salt? That is a salt rock. Yeah. Do people lick it. We're hippies here. We have, um, look, I have uh, lava lamps, salt rocks. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. I Boom. couldn't eat looking at the predator thing. Like really? if I had a sandwich, I wouldn't be able to look at that and eat. It grosses me out. Oh, uh, it's just a mask. Halloween costumes gross me out. Like the smell of latex and like Really? That's actually hard. That's like a, a model that was made by a special effects guy. I was looking at it cuz he's so scary, but like that thing couldn't eat you. Uh, you sure could. Look at a small mouth. It would rip you apart. Small mouth. Yeah, but it would chew chunks of you. And those other things act as teeth too. It just pulls hunks right. of meat off you. But I j- Depends on how it can articulate. I was just trying know? to make him human. Mm. I think he would appreciate that. Mm. Okay. Okay, so here's my story. I hear you. Please. Okay, because we were talking about relationships at the beginning. So I went through a breakup like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. I feel like you'll, you of all people will appreciate this story, and I'll give you the abridged version. Um, give me the juicy details. So basically, I met this guy a year, uh, two years ago, not this Thanksgiving, the last one, on the plane, and... We hit it off, and he told me his name, and he said he went to Yale, and he worked in – we'll say he worked in finances. We'll just leave it at that. And so I knew him for a year, never wanted to date him, and eventually we dated. We dated for for three months, and during the time we were dating, um, before we had started dating, he told me he bought a house. And I never wanted to see the house because I – whatever, it wasn't dating him. I didn't care. So we start dating, and the whole time we're dating, things start getting weird, like – we get along perfectly, but there are certain aspects of his personal life that are, like, not checking out. Like, Ooh. I told my mom, I was like, oh, hey, this is his name and this is where he works. So she Googled him because <clears throat> that's what moms do. Right. And his work bio says that he graduated from a, from a different college, not – he said he went to Yale. Right. It said he graduated from Yale. So I call him. I'm like, why does it say that? He's like, oh, my God. They cut and pasted the wrong bio. It's a mess up. My company's a mess. I'm like, okay. I get wrong bios all the time. Like, I right. totally get it. And I was like, I want to send you a present. What's your address? He's like, oh, just send it to my work. And I was like, no, I want to send it to your house. So he gives me this address. So I send him a gift, and he gets it. And then one day I'm out with my friend Laura. And we're at lunch. And we start to build a case about why we think this guy is a liar as a joke at first because nothing's checking out. So Laura's like, let's drive by his house. And I remember what the house looked like from the picture he'd sent me because like six months before we were dating, he's like, check out this house that I bought. So we go to the house and it's not a house. It's an apartment. And Laura goes up to the door and she's like looking in and all of a sudden a girl opens the door. And I'm just, I'm just, I, I was paralyzed. And the girl looks at me. She goes, she's like, hi, can I help you guys? And we're like, oh, we're just looking for the guy we're looking for. And she was like, oh, you're Eliza. And I was like, how the fuck do you know who I am? And she was like, oh, I'm his roommate. And I was like, Okay, well, that's fine. Like, it's not a cheating thing, but I was like, so I call him. And I'm like, why do you have a roommate? And he goes, well, um, my mom is sick, and she moved to L.A., and she lives at my house. And I 
I, she lives there and I live with my friend to give my mom privacy. I was like, all right, well, that's weird. But like, I still want to know where you live. Oh God, this guy should just change his number and run away from you. Oh, it gets better. Yeah. So, that, okay. So Ugh. I was like, all right, so I let it go. And when we're together, everything's great. Like perfect. You're not thinking about it at all? I, well, that part, I was like, okay. And his mom has cancer. That's oh. what he told me. And he's like, she wants privacy. So I'm like, okay. Right. And I fell in love with him in the first place because he told me she had cancer. And I got, I wanted to take care of him. And like that really like tugged on my heartstrings. So I was like, okay. I met the mom once. And every single time after, I met her once, like the first week we started dating. And every time after that, I'd be like, let me take, if you're at work, I'm like, I've got free time. Let me take your mom to lunch. Let me take your mom to the movies. Can we go to, like anything. Right. Could never make it happen. Let's go to brunch with your mom. Let me do something. Let me take her somewhere. Now, when you met the mom, did her illness ever come up in conversation? No, because I thought that would be tactless for me to be like, how's your cancer? Well, I mean, if she brought it up. She did Obviously, you right. never brought it up. Yeah. Right. No, nothing. They came with me to the craft store. I had to buy stuff for a Christmas party. Um, we didn't say much, but I never... So weeks are going by, and I'm like, I just want to hang out. Like, if you love me, and he always talked about getting married and stuff like that, I'm like, I should probably meet this woman more than once. <sighs> so he gives me... so. I go to that, so it's not. So I call him, and he's like, uh, "My mom is living alone. I intend to give her privacy." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine, but you need to tell me where you live." Whoa! You gave me that, and I was like, "Why are you being weird? You gave me the address like six months ago before we were dating." And he was like, um, "I," uh, he goes, "He's like, I just, I, my mom's asked for privacy. I'm just trying to give that to her." He kept saying that, so I'm like, "All right." So finally, eventually, he goes, "Here's the address," and he gives me this address. It's five two five Kilkia. So I'm like, well, "All right." That's not the real address, is it? So I have this address. I'm like, "Okay." Thinking, wow, that took a lot for you to give that to me. Right. Like, this is clearly, like, an issue, and everyone's got their boundaries, everyone's got their baggage, and I was trying to be respectful of that. A couple weeks go by, my mom calls the Yale's regist- Yale registrar's office oh, because it's not checking out. No record of this guy ever graduating. Oh, your mom's awesome. That's what everybody says. So I call him, and I'm like, and I'm trying to be cool about it, because, again, like, this is someone that I love, and we've traveled together, and you don't want to push Ooh. it. And he's like, I don't know. I was only on campus for this amount of time. Da 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 da. He had already invited me to go to England with him for a skull and bones reunion. What? Like a whole thing. And we, it got canceled because his mom had cancer. So like, I'm like letting all this go. <sighs> so he goes out of town. <laughs> I go to five to a five Kilkia. It doesn't exist. Oh no. So I call him and I'm like, oh, what are you fucking God. doing? And he goes. And he launched into a story. He goes, when I lived in the city he lived in before, he goes, I had this crazy ex-girlfriend. Everyone's got a crazy ex. He was like, and basically she wreaked havoc on my social life and my personal life with my family. And I'm just very protective of that. And my mom's sick. And I'm just trying to like keep her out of that. Oh, my God. So I was like, okay. I was like, you need to give me your address. This is the last time I'm going to ask you for this. And I'm trying not to like push him. So he comes over. He gives me the address, his mom's number, and his email. He's like, I'm an open book, whatever you want to know. So I took that as a sign of like, wow, that was really hard for you. Yale Registrar comes back, no record of him. Uh, none of my friends that went to Yale know who he is. And every time I ask him anything, like the answer is super simple. Like if I ask you where you live, you just tell me and it just roll off your tongue and that's how everything was. So I go to that house. Like I let a couple weeks go by. My birthday happens. We had Christmas, my birthday. And it's a day before I'm leaving for San Antonio to go to play this comedy club. And I go to his house with my friend and it's not his house. It's like some other woman lives there, like an old woman lives there. It's not his mom's house. And he, he's like, my mom, he's like, my mom bought the house for me to keep my cash liquid. The title's not in her name. I call him and I was like, I'm walking out of your life because you're lying about something. And it all came crashing down at 7 a.m. He texts me. He goes, I never went to Yale. I never bought a house. I've been lying to you for over a year. And so 
it was just one of those like I was and then so you start going back and then you start wondering if you're crazy and then you're like does your mom even have cancer did you are you really in Did his mom have cancer I'm gonna say she does but I think it's really weird that I met her once and then like I was like what's the name of the doctor at the hospital where she is he's like I don't know like very like wouldn't give any information this is and so yesterday I wrote an email I don't know why I'm sharing all this but this is very funny to me I wrote everybody when you break up with someone depending on how tactful you are, you hold back on what you want to say. Like we all say, okay, you're an asshole, I hate you. But like then there's like the dark shit that you don't write. And I wrote an email that I almost, I won't do it, but I almost want to post online as like a template for any girl that ever wants to like enrage an ex-boyfriend. And I just lost my shit and it felt so good. Like fuck having tact. Like it just was the best thing ever. Well, it sounds like you gave him every possible every possible scenario for him to be truthful yeah. like you gave him every possible like well maybe he's this and maybe it's that you gave a lot of leeway so much so and then every day i'd be like if you're lying please just tell me or just tell and oh, you would look me in god. the eye and be like i'm not lying oh, god. which makes me think if we ever got married we would go on a boat and he would kill me but the whole you never know right you never that's know. how that shit happens you find out he's got a life insurance policy on you and I didn't, and I accidentally signed it. Did you find out where he worked? Did he actually have the job that he had? He had left the company. And all these things are weird. Like, he left the company in, like, a weird way, and he started his own. So <sighs> that, like, I just, it's, at some point, it's not up to you to piece together what's real and what isn't. I told this story on the radio in Tampa, and when I got off the air, all these people had sent me tweets with hashtag Yale. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody sent me a picture of someone running the Boston Marathon in a Yale shirt, and they're like, is your ex-boyfriend running the Boston Marathon? <laughs> Oh, that poor bastard. I'm glad you don't say his name and publicly shame him because the poor fuck is already a mess. I told him he's fucking lucky. I'm like, you're, I, I think yeah. on that show I did, but I didn't. I would never say the last name. Yeah. Um, well, he is lucky. You could make him a part of your act with his actual name. It's so unrelatable. It would be a killer bit. If I could think of... Unrelatable? The whole, like, that, that amount of lying. Like, cheating is oh, one thing. Oh, yeah, but, like, I understand what you're saying. I, I thought meant you meant, like, as a bit. Right. Like other, I think it's very relatable. I think I will get around to it. I think eventually <laughs> it'll stop. I'll stop being, because I'm not sad anymore, but my email pretty much included, because like obviously, you know, if you break up with someone, you don't want to hear about people they're sleeping with. Right. He got upset because I posted a picture when I was in St. Martin of me on a topless beach with um, two friends in front of me. So you can't see anything. And he was like, I felt that you posted that picture and it was directed at me, which it wasn't. Like I posted like a hot picture. And so I just unleashed on this email and I was like, it's none of your fucking business what I do. And by the way, when I was in St. Martin, I hooked up with a guy and he went down on me for 20 minutes and it was fucking awesome. Whoa. I will never talk to you again. <laughs> Whoa. That's dark. It felt so good. Oh, that makes you cringe? But the idea of no, Ronda Rousey. No, 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 no. The act doesn't make me cringe at mm-hmm. all. You writing that email and saying, so you know, I hooked up with a guy and he went down, he ate my pussy. And it I was did not say awesome. that. I didn't Same thing. It. Same thing. You said it. Here's the question, though. At what point are you as a human being allowed to just unleash and be like, that's it? Well, you um, get this. Uh, honestly, I don't think that guy is worth your effort. M- you know, making more tension with him i mean that, that's a crazy person that guy is fabricating an existence he fabricated his education he fabric he may have fabricated his mother being sick he fabricated where he lived twice or three times three times yeah, yeah i mean he's he's probably pathological you know there are people that just can't stop lying you know I, i've seen it before when um you live in Hollywood, you know, if you live around here, you, you'll meet people that are, you know, fake it till you make it type people that will tell yeah. you stories that just don't add up. 
And in the old days, you used to just have to kind of accept people at those stories. But now your mom can just Google them and find out anything. And- she got on it. <laughs> Ronnie mom- got on it. Wow, your mom's awesome. Good for her. Well, let me ask you this, because this, um, uh, this is the difference between a man and a woman. Because... You could tell me that you went to Pierce College or you went to uh, high school and you dropped out when you were 16. Yeah. And if you're you and I like you, I don't care at all. It doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, yeah. I don't care if you're a nurse. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a brain surgeon or a, a girl who works in a clothing store. Right. It doesn't matter to me. You would care. If I, I do not care. Right. I do not care. If someone's fun and nice to be around, I do not care. I really don't. Yeah. I never have. I never will. Um, obviously... It's, it's a, there's a difference between a man and a woman. Like w- women desire m- mm-hmm. like men to be successful. Sure. And that's a whole, that's an right. evolution thing and that's a protective thing. And that's, I get that. Mm-hmm. Obviously I don't want to date like a homeless person. Right. What kills nor me. Does, nor do I. Yeah. I mean, right, I don't right. want someone who can't feed themselves. Does, <laughs> you know. It's about quality. What kills me is that those things genuinely don't matter. And he chose to judge me ahead of time. Or maybe he's got a chemical imbalance. From the day I met him mm-hmm. on the plane, I went to Yale. Nothing wrong with lying to a stranger or a pretty girl on a plane. I don't care yes, where there you is there something wrong with I don't doing care. that. I mean, well, there's, no, there's no ramifications for lying to a stranger if you never see them again. Right. Right? Okay. Um, that doesn't bother. I don't care if you own a house. So it irks me. It, it's a shame because you lied about two things. Let's say it's just two. And you ruined a perfectly good relationship if it's just those two things and you're insecure. I didn't go to Harvard. I'm not a Rhodes Scholar. I don't care if you went to Yale. How long did you guys date for? I knew him for over a year, and we dated for about three months. And what was it about his personality that was attractive to you? Does, was there a unique thing you could I, just I, define? I, truthfully, I mean, as friends, he was very smart. I, I really, for me, intelligence is a huge thing. And very, in a little, like, funny in a snobby way, like, a little, con- and I kind of like that. And, mm-hmm. But he was very, sm- very, very smart, a little dorky, very smart, but... When he, when we were friends and when he called me and was like, we can't go on this trip to the skull and bones thing because my mom has cancer, I got a chance. This is going to be weird. And I don't know if, I think only women will relate to this. For the whole time we knew each other, he put me on this pedestal, always asking, will you please, can we please date? Can I have a kiss? Will you be my girlfriend? And I, like, we would hang out and I was like, stop it. Like, I'm not into this. So no one wants to be on a pedestal because there's nothing for you to do. His mom has cancer. I was like, I can take care of you now. Like, you've been nothing but sweet to me. Now let me take care of you. And in getting to take care of him, I started to like him. Wow. Because I had like an active role. That's so crazy. Um, wow, that's so crazy. But yeah, those things didn't matter. So is that like the maternal instincts that you have? Is like the, the taking care of instincts? You know, because some women have those instincts sort of built in those. I think so. But I think it was also just there was nothing for me to do to have an active role in our relationship as friends. Like he had a lot of money and a lot of time and he could do nice things. Like he would, did he really have a lot of money? Because he did have a lot of money. Well, how's that possible? He has a fucking roommate. So the roommate, if, if the answer was, he goes, I, my lease was up in Santa Monica. I was going to buy a house, but then I decided, I thought it was going to move. He goes like, and then you and I started dating. I didn't want to move. I moved in with a friend to help her pay her rent. Cause he's never home. And he's like, so I just leave my stuff there. But how can you even trust that? I couldn't. He did send me a picture of his bank account to like prove that he was a human being. Come on. I didn't ask for it. He uh, sent you the numbers in his bank account. He sent me like a screen grab of it. This motherfucker doctored his bank account. He might have. He photoshopped I, the shit out of his bank account. <laughs> I, I, you know, I saw the way he lived and the way he, I mean, I, I do think the money thing is real. We did maybe, may, I may or may not have done a background check. 
So I definitely know what he came from. Hmm. Um, But the answer to your question, the house and the the college and like you lied about weird things. Right. What is that? That, That's a weird thing, man. Like the saying you went to Yale. Like the, the, you know, Harvard, Yale, you know, Ivy League. Like that's like, ooh, like. Like I don't. And then he would sit. My cousin went to Yale and they would have a conversation and he would talk about it. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Poor Beth. You're ripping paper over there. If you hear that, <laughs> she's going crazy. You're, it's just so like the fucker. Every, no, no, not even that. Every time I think about it, I go back and I'm like, what what clues did I miss? What am I? And like, what what am I realizing now? Like, I'm trying to like put the dot, like connect the dots. The day I met him, I went on Twitter and I followed him and his Twitter handle had a, had a Yale reference in it. And I asked him like, when we broke up, I was like, even your Twitter was about Yale. And he was like, I made up my Twitter account the day I met you. Whoa, just because he met you and he wanted you. Oh, my God. What and maybe a he, psycho. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he lied. Maybe he changed the name. Uh, wow, what a psycho. And every time I tell the story, like I think about different things that I missed. So Jesus Christ. But the good news is when something that weird happens to you, there's no lesson to be learned. It's not like... Oh, I thought he was cheating. Like, that's a normal thing. Like, mm-hmm. this is not something I'll take into another relationship. Like, I'm not. Well, you kind of do because guys do lie about their past to become more impressive to a girl. You know, I mean, it is re- it's super common. Right. And now you'll sort of recognize those sort of bullshit signs maybe yes. quicker. Right. Well, maybe it's like when a guy throws that out there, like, makes a big deal out of it. Like, maybe that's when you look. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, some people like wasn't really online. Some people take pride in not really being online a lot. That help. I mean, the internet helps. Like, even if you can, I went on a date last night, and you could Google the guy, and everything about him is there. Right. And and you're like, Whew. <laughs> but also we have friends. Like me and this guy had no friends in common. Like, right. The email I wrote him was so, I guess, so pointed. Will you forward it to me? I'll send. It, I'll show it to you right after this. <laughs> I went online and he deleted his Twitter account. Like, I think I made this motherfucker leave cyberspace. God. Oh, it's bad. Well, you should. I mean, that's for him. It's got to be. But some people just do that over and over and over again, though. I'm my friend Eddie met this guy, and this guy, um, uh, he was working on. He, he wanted to put him in some project he was doing, some television project, and he claimed that he had these studios and he was working with all these networks and this and that. But where we found out that he was full of shit, I, I thought he was full of shit right away. I told Eddie, I like, I don't like the way this guy talks. He name drops too much. I go, I think he's a bullshitter. Yeah. I think there's, there's a certain thing that people do when they bullshit, when they talk about, like, I got a project going on with Steven Spielberg. And You're like, there's just no fucking way. Tom Cruise is passing on the project. But we want to bring it to you. Like, what? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things. Sure. So the, I, you know, I was peripheral. I wasn't, you know interacting with this guy but eddie was interacting with this guy i'm like eddie that guy's a bullshitter he smells i go i, I just he just smells yeah yeah so um then the guy starts taking jujitsu class okay i mean z- zero experience in jujitsu and then calls eddie after doing jujitsu for like i don't know like a day maybe two days and is talking about 
catching people in triangles and all these different submissions that he pulled off, which is never going to happen. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Unless, right. unless you're doing it with someone who is absolutely physically incompetent. When you, <laughs> when you first start out, you don't know what you're doing. You don't learn that day one. Well, also, he's not a stud. The guy wasn't like... There's certain guys, like, you could take a guy who's like a pro basketball player who's just a fucking athlete, and maybe he loves MMA, and maybe he's never taken a jiu-jitsu class in his life, but he's seen a few fights, and if he recognizes the position and you teach it to him, he could maybe pull it off on someone who sucks. Yeah. But it's an advanced move, like setting up a triangle, finishing it. It's an advanced move. And this guy was like, I got three triangles today in practice and two arm bars. And we were like, wait, what? And I go, I told you, he's a bullshitter. And then- Did he go? Well, he did actually go to class. Okay. He did not ever tap anyone ever. He is physically incompetent. Like if you if you see him, you look at his body. It's like this guy like is lucky if he can brush his teeth. Like right. this isn't a fucking athlete at all. I mean, he was just like a he was a gumby. He was a guy who essentially had never worked out his whole life, and then all of a sudden he's claiming he's tapping people out in jujitsu. But that was just confirmation. And then Eddie looked into his his whole situation and found out the guy was just a total complete liar, sure. and then broke it down with him over the phone. There's another one I've got. There's a guy, he, his name, um, his real name was Ralph. And he was telling us that his name was Rafael Tori. And um, he was saying that he was a black belt in jujitsu. Like just his friends or like, like how did you? Well, this guy. Just like I, telling us. Like, okay. He was Eddie's friend. And he was a journalist for a mixed martial arts magazine, uh, an online magazine. Mm-hmm. And so he would go to these events and, uh, and he would do – Eddie was uh, one of the commentators for the King of the Cage, which is a smaller mixed martial arts uh, organization. I'm familiar with King of the Cage. Are you? No. I was just uh, kidding. Sorry. And uh, anyway, Rafael Torre actually had a fake fight. I mean he, he said that he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He was not at all. Eddie rolled with him and Eddie is a black belt. And at the time, I don't think Eddie was a black belt. I think Eddie was a brown belt. And Eddie just smashed him, just tapped him left and right. And he was like confused. He was like, well, maybe they, maybe he wasn't really trying. Like, I don't get it. Because he was a bigger guy, too. And it was like way too easy for Eddie to tap him. So Eddie, there, there was a few like red flags that popped up there. Anyway, long story short, the guy never did jiu-jitsu before. It, it was a complete fake. Would disappear. And here's a good one. Went away. Okay. Told his friend to drop him off. Like, pulled up to this uh, wooded area, told his friend to drop him off. He had a, a duffel bag with him, filled with some shit, right? He says, uh, drop me off here. I'm going to fight in this uh, no-rules karate tournament out in the woods, and the woods. Uh, I'll be back in two days. Okay, so his friend comes back in two days, and now he doesn't have the duffel bag anymore, but he has a trophy that's the same size as the fucking duffel bag. And he's like, <laughs> I, I won this no-rules karate tournament. I mean, and everybody's like, wait, what the fuck? Okay, so the guy completely... Completely made up his martial arts background, completely made up fight. He also went to Thailand for a fight and got a guy in a twister. A twister is a very complex move that involves not just getting on top of a guy, but getting on top of a guy inside control, lacing one leg with your two legs, rolling on your shoulder so you go behind him, take his back, you wrap his arm around your head, grab his head, and torque his spine it's an incredibly complex maneuver this guy just learned it and he started pulling it off on people in in a fucking no holds barred fight so there was all these things yeah so eddie eddie cuts the guy off eddie's like listen man 
you're a bullshit artist. I know you're full of shit. You're not a fucking black belt. You're not fighting in these oh fucking fights. He just wanted I, to be near it. Yeah. He goes, I know that you're fight. But Eddie had been friends with this guy for months and months and months. And just slowly piled on the bullshit. You know, just not trying to investigate a guy. Just thinking he's a, a cool guy. He was already in the mix before Eddie got there. He was already yeah. deep in with these mixed martial arts guys. So you just assume that a guy's legit. Turns out, as the time goes on, he murdered a guy. And... <laughs> murdered a guy who was married to a girl that he was fucking Why do I laugh at that? he got close to the guy and i guess he had like some sort of karate school that he was teaching at with his fake fake martial arts and uh got the guy to come to his school strangled him killed him and then was driving the guy's car around witnesses saw him drive the guy's car around and um had a gun that he gave to my friend Gerald and told Gerald to hide it. And then Gerald, you know, calls me up and tells me the whole situation. And I was like, what? What the fuck happened? The guy, what? He kills him. And then Gerald goes to the cops. Okay. And then the cops call me because Gerald had apparently been, um, they had wiretapped him while all this was going down because they suspected that this guy, Rafael, whose real name was Ralph, is, <laughs> wasn't Brazilian. Part of the whole, that's the worst part of the line. Well, he said he was Brazilian, and he wasn't Brazilian. He, he wow. just faked his ethnicity. He faked his martial arts background. Now he's in jail for life. I mean, he's uh, he's in jail for murder. You get he, a lot of twisters in jail. That's for Yeah, you're, <laughs> I see what you're saying there. Uh, but, I mean, is that not... That's the ultimate bullshit artist. Fake black belt, fake ethnicity, fake name... The Fake. trophy thing is fucking amazing. It's hilarious. That story is so crazy. It makes you sound crazy when you're telling it. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, you can look the guy up. Google the guy, Rafael Torre. I mean, it's a it's an incredible story that gets passed back and forth through uh, the mixed martial arts world. But the the point is that before the internet, I mean, this was there was websites back then, and there was martial arts websites. It was like 2000. I want to say like two or three or something like that. But you couldn't, like, Google the guy. You could, like, find out the guy's background. Right, right, right. Like, if you Google Eliza Schlesinger, that I say it? Did I say it right? There's no Schlesinger? CH in the middle. Sessinger? How do you say it? Yeah, it's Sessinger. No, how do you say it? Say it right. Schlesinger. Uh, well, I've been saying Schlesinger okay. forever. Schlesinger. 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 I'll never say it wrong again, Eliza Schlesinger. You said it. You're going to say it wrong every time. <laughs> every time from now on, it will be wrong, just as it's been in the past. <laughs> I'm that- just going to call you Eliza because that's your Twitter handle. Fuck yeah. That's who you are to me. <laughs> but if I Google you, I find out about Last Comic Standing. I see pictures of you topless on a beach with two guys holding their arms over your titties. I one, see a lot of things. Right I've seen picture. it. It's on my message board. <laughs> yeah, this is Rafael Torre. The guy on the left-hand side with wow, are, the guy wow, on the wow. right-hand side with the glasses is Tito motherfucking Ortiz, former world champion wow. of the UFC. So, so it's this just guy, a picture they took, though. This guy, but this guy got in deep. That guy on the left... Not the guy without the red in his jacket. The guy that's, on... No, that's Tito. Yeah. It's his left. Right. You know, our right. This is so complicated. Yes, yeah, I'm the sorry. liar is the one. Yeah, the guy on the, the right-hand side of the photograph. Yeah. The guy with the mustache. Yes, thank you. There we go. The guy without the glasses. That's Rafael Torre. He's in jail for murder. And he's a fake black belt. And he's a, you know, everything about wow. him is fake. His name's fake. And that guy, like, got deep, deep, deep in the martial arts world as a fraud. <laughs> That's so crazy. Fascinating. Also, I mean, I guess you and you want to ask him, and as I asked the ex-boyfriend, I was like, "What was your end game here, buddy?" Did you have a conversation with him after this, or was it just email and that's it? Did you talk, talk? He texted, and he, I mean, he apologized. This wasn't like poof, I'm gone. Like there was a lot of you know, but <sighs> did you think about like keeping him around? I couldn't. Or like, no way. I couldn't because no. 
Like, you have to take yourself, I mean, I, even I knew this, like, you have to take yourself out of, like, you, you're hurt and your heart's broken. You're allowed to let that heal, but getting back with someone like that is not, first of all, I lose respect from my all my friends and family. And also, like, you can't trust that person. The end game for you is that you'd be dating someone you couldn't trust. Ever. Um, but I asked, you know, and he just, I never, that's the other thing. And I said in the email, I was like, I'm, I don't have all the answers from him. I said, I'm willing to trade my lack of closure for the privilege of never having to talk to you again. Wow. So I will write my own closure. I'll draw my own conclusions. I won't defend you to anyone. <sighs> and he went a- down on me for 20 minutes. Ah! <laughs> You're so funny. Outside. It's outside too, huh? Ooh, danger. <laughs> danger, pussy. Um, that's so crazy. That, that, the lack of closure thing is a big thing, right? Cause you'll stay up late and try to figure it out. Do you like it's find like yourself like during the day, like just driving around trying to piece it together? Yeah. Like, where did it... I was sitting on the plane yesterday and like you're, you're, especially when you just go through a breakup, like you're, you know, you think about that person, whatever. And the hard thing is not, I'm past that phase. Like I, there's no, I, the number's blocked. Like I can't call him or anything, but yeah, you sit there and you go back over things. And then I start like, here's a weird piece of the puzzle. If you want to know what I was thinking. Um, when before we were dating, he invited me to go to England for this Skull and Bones thing, and obviously right. not in Skull and Bones. You didn't go to Yale, Ugh. and even after this all happened, he goes, "Well, my dad was in Skull and Bones," and I'm like, "Your dad oh went to Yale God. grad school." What's his name? Mm-mm. What's your dad's name? The Can dad's you... dead okay. in real life. That's what, I mean that for. But uh, he invited me to go to England, so I was gonna go, separate rooms, and I went out to dinner with a friend who has a body that I really like. So I took a picture of my drink. And in the background was my friend's body. He's like a big guy. So the point of the picture was to be like, look at this hot thing I'm having a drink with. Not so much to be like, look at the drink. Right. I think he saw that picture because I don't remember if it was before or after, but that was the night he called me and said, we can't go to England. My mom has cancer. I think he saw that picture on Instagram and he was like, I got to do something to shake this up. If the, if the mom doesn't have cancer, it's odd that that was the night of all nights. So you were friends only up until that point. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There's friends and there's friends with an agenda. And you and I are friends. We will never have sex. I'll tell you that right now. I'm married. We're friends. Right. I'm not going to let it happen, Eliza. Please, Stop please. with those eyes. Please, please. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, we are legitimate friends. Amy Schumer is another one. She's my legitimate friend. Sure. And I, you know, I, I think it's very important to, like, have men and women like that that are friends like that there's like a line that will never be crossed it's like you can't but there's guys who are really never your fucking friend never ever 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 it's done the whole thing was a lie from the beginning but i knew that like i'm not dumb and he had said that to me he's like i was never your friend but you he was someone that i we had we hung out and we had a really nice like relationship as friends and definitely i would get drunk once in a while and i'd be like let's make out like that's like a girl thing but it was never I'd whoa s- what hold on you would get drunk and say let's make out like i would kiss him and like go inside big deal well, kiss him like tongue and everything the whole deal like a drunk make out kiss fully clothed and then like go inside whoa that's so girl it's that's so girl so crazy but i also said i would say to him i'm like look at any point and i'm very upfront and honest i'd say at any point we can stop hanging out. I go, I'm never going to date you. You need to know that. And he, But meanwhile, you dated him. Eventually. But I'm, but, <laughs> but, but, but my point is, the whole time we were dating, I was honest. I was like, I have no intention you, of dating you. Yeah, but you kissed him. Tongue. You can walk away. I didn't chain him to the wall. And I was like, I'm going to date other guys. I'm going to have other guys be my boy. Like, not when I was kissing him. But I was like, I'm probably never going to date you. Right. And he hung around. Well, I, I understand that. I mean... So, 
well, he's definitely a silly man for hanging around, but not because he eventually got to fuck you. No. So he wins. I guess. I don't well, think for so. Li- oh, well, listen, I mean, gets- it's because you're a girl. Listen, you kissed him. You you yeah. tongued him, and he eventually me- got in there. But you're telling me that every girl you've, prior to being married, every girl you ever, like, drunkenly made out with that meant something to you? No, no, no. no but it's a, I think there's a difference between you saying to someone, look, first of all, I'm a man. When a man drunkenly makes out with a girl, he absolutely wants to fuck her. If a girl drunkenly makes out with a guy, she can do it just to be silly, I guess, and yeah. then just shut the door and go in. Yeah. Totally. Guys don't ever do that. That's okay. If a guy drunkenly makes out with a girl, it's almost always because he eventually ultimately wants to have sex with her. But but um but that's what has a, that's how guys are and that's not how girls are and I think all any girl would relate to that like you mm-hmm. you know or you're just I mean you're drunk and you want to sometimes you just want to make out with someone <laughs> and that's the god's honest truth like we all get horny and I don't feel like having actual uh. sex here's my point though no matter what relationship you're conducting even like even if you feel I'm throwing mixed signals you at any point are allowed to walk away. At right. no point was I like, I love you, please stay. It was me being like, I'm going to make out with you. Maybe I'll take my shirt off. I'm not going to date you. Maybe you I'll away. take my shirt off. <laughs> Gives a fuck. But this whole, and the whole time, the lie started from day one. Wow. So it isn't as if like they came into play later, like the whole mm-hmm. time. And then I think what he was like, what happened is I lied and I didn't know what to do. He's like, I didn't think we would date. You always told, us, told me we wouldn't. And then we did. He's like, I didn't know what to do. And I'm like... Well, that's on you. Well, that's definitely on him. And the lies are unacceptable. I just, all I'm trying to do is, as your friend, break down the the mindset and try to figure out, like, how someone says, I'll tongue you and kiss you and take my shirt off, but we're never going to have sex. For a guy, it's like, if we're getting that close, if your tits are coming out and my tongue's in your mouth. No tits. I was, I was joking about the shirt thing. Okay. Uh, I don't think, I think everybody's been there where it's like a drunk makeout. It's the end of the night. And you're just like, whatever, I feel like making out. And so you do. Like you like I know this person and this is fine and they're like I never fully done that. support your your right to make out with people when you're drunk and have like a very specific boundary where it's not gonna go any further than this. We're never gonna date and I'll, but if you wanna make out, I'll make out with you right now. But that's it. And then but that's it. That's your 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 prerogative We've 100%. talked about this on your show. We did. I mean, like a long time ago where I will, if I'm like, let's say I'm seeing someone, mm-hmm. and let's say it's like the second date or something, I'm, I will straight up say to a guy, I'm not going to sleep with you just yet. Like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. But I, if you want to go upstairs, we can make out. I'm not going to touch your wiener. I'll take my shirt off. That is a treat for you. We'll go to sleep. <laughs> and tomorrow, you will buy me breakfast. And no one has ever said no. When you give men certain boundaries or parameters ahead of time. Right. They, and then I'm giving you the option to say, I'm good or I'm tired or I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. Whatever you want. That way you're not disappointed. No one's ever pushed it. No one's ever tried to get me to do more than I wanted to do. And no one's ever said no. Well, you're a very strong personality. you know. And if you say that, a guy's... I'm not saying every guy would respect it, but most guys would go, she's not fucking around. Like, this is what yeah. she wants, and it's better than nothing. For a lot of guys, they're like, well, yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah, we'll go make out and squeeze some titties. And then we, like, date, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, fucking and then date. eventually we'll fuck. Eventually. So it's like, yeah. yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that, because also we're talking, if I was a girl, also, it would be really difficult for me, I assume, to just trust a man, like, physically. Like, oh there's God, the, yeah. the physical thing. Like, look, you had this guy, you knew him for a fucking year, you dated him for three months, and he turned out to be a complete, total bullshit artist. What if it was, 
you knew him for a year, you dated him for three months, and he turned out to be a fucking psychopath, and you didn't did. know the whole time you were dating, well, sort of, right. but I mean, what if it's the whole time you were dating, he was raping girls while you weren't around? I mean, that yeah. that's just as possible as him faking Yale. He could have been a sure. serial rapist. He could be or, at my house right now with a gun. Like, he could be a total yeah, fucking gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, did he have a key at, all, at any point no, in time? No, but he did, like, from, the only thing that, because we had known each other for a year, so when you know someone for a year and then date, it's a little you could take it a little bit faster because mm-hmm. it isn't like you just started dating out of nowhere but like a month in he was like I'd love to move in like can we move in together Whoa. and I've definitely dated guys that like to go fast and you gotta like pump the brakes and now you I'm like you have to pump the brakes I'm the one pumping you're the, the brakes guy. you're the guy Eliza, you're I always go guy. along with it too do you? Uh, I'm all, because I'm like, yeah, let's be fucking intense. Let's let's sit and Nancy this into the ground. Yeah, but if you really enjoy life and you really enjoy the person, fucking why not? Who gives I, a shit? Yeah, but I for this one in particular, I was like, relax with the with the moving and thing. Right. Um. And now and now it's even weird. I'm like, so what? So what was your plan? Like you were going to reveal all this, oh. and then you would be living with me. God, could you imagine if you were living with this fucking guy and all that stuff came out? Uh, it would have been, I mean, I would have had to move. Well, you would have paid my mortgage from afar. Yeah. What would you do? Jesus Christ. Physical thing. I always kind of like test if I'm dating someone, like I'll be like, let's, I'm going to try to get past you and see if you can stop me. Are you serious? I always just try to see like physically where we are. I definitely almost beat a boyfriend in a wrestling, an arm wrestling match one time. Come on. Yeah. Not everybody works out and not everybody's angry. But I definitely Are you was saying I work out and I'm angry. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I did not Is as it wasn't comparative. Uh, but the physical thing, I definitely <laughs> not everybody works out. Not everybody's angry. That's like I, what... I meant for me. I was saying. I mean, you, I was saying I'm. I work out and I'm angry. But I definitely have a, a a male friend that I have made out with, and one time we were making out, and I he's a giant person, and I actually got scared just being under a body that big. Oh yeah. And I was like, if your arms give out, like, I'm toast. Right. <laughs> like, it's done for me. Yeah, you won't be able to breathe. What if he has an aneurysm and he passes out on top of you and you suffocate? That could happen. Because I, sometimes I'll do that. I'll be like, lay on top of me. I want to see if I can get you off of me. You know what the key is? You got to breathe with your stomach. If a guy's on top of you, this is what you do in jiu And jiu-jitsu. they pass out on Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. You can still breathe, but you have to breathe with your stomach. What does the that problem mean? is, well, this is the thing. Everybody wants to breathe like this. <sighs> You want to breathe like that. You can like breathe. Your diaphragm. You can, yeah, you can breathe from your diaphragm where you literally only move your stomach. Is this doing anything for anyone listening? <sighs> yeah, it's doing something to Joe for everyone. We're breathing together. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can breathe with your stomach where your, your chest doesn't expand and contract. And it's very important when someone's compressing you and someone's on top of you and they're, they're, they're smushing you. These you have to learn how to, to stay gauge. calm. You're going to date someone, learn how to breathe from your diaphragm before. Yeah, well, when you're getting choked, too, it's a big one. You have to learn how to relax and how to conserve your breath and how to c- control your heart rate. But I feel like breathing through my stomach, like, I feel like I can't take a big breath. You like, can't. You can't. That's the whole part of it. I you're going to have to deal. I'll no, you won't. You'll, you'll be okay. You just have, have to yawn, though. No. What you have to do is you have to get comfortable with the fact that you're not going to take a full breath. I don't want to get comfortable with that. Well, you're going to have to get out from under this fucking big guy. How big? We're talking like 300 pounds? He's a big person, yep. 300 pounds on top of you maybe and you're about... Bit, maybe a little bit less. A little bit less. Okay, 280. And you're, you know, what, 110? Yeah, sure. What do you weigh? Okay, forget it. You're a, a thin, in-shape woman who's Thank about 5'4", right? 5'5", five, five five, five, okay. So this big, giant gorilla guy right. could conceivably... Kill me. Yeah, anytime he wants. I thought... It, you think about that... And you're like, oh, this person's so gentle. You really just never know. Everyone's yeah. a ticking time bomb. And I was like, if you choose to snap right now. Well, I also have friends that are, there's a uh, friend A 
and then there's friend A when he's drunk, which I don't even know that guy. Sure. There's there's people that get drunk and their eyes glaze over and they're like a totally different person. They say shit to people that you would never see them say when they're sober. They get yeah. aggressive. They get douchey. They start fights and you're like- Doesn't it make you mad? You're like, yes. you almost want to say to them, you don't get the luxury of alcohol. You can't control yourself and act like a person. So you shouldn't be able to drink. Well, it's alcoholism is what it is. And I've never understood alcoholism. What I- I'm sort of ignorant in that way that I always, um, what's the best way to say this? Uh, my own shortcomings, I, th- I thought that it was a weakness that people had and it was just simply a matter of character. Yep. And I didn't believe in uh, alcoholism. I as didn't, a disease. As a right. disease. But I have personally seen people where their personality so radically changes under the influence of alcohol that uh, there's no other way to attribute it to that like almost like an allergic reaction like they become a different person it's like their their body is just not good with alcohol is that alcohol and this is i'm actually asking this not positing this just for funsies is it alcoholism if you know you're not drinking all the time and it's just when you have a drink you act crazy is that still alcoholism? yeah i think it is i think it is i think some people for whatever reason, whether it's genetic, and there are, I think there's definitely a genetic mechanism to alcoholism as well, and I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not totally educated on it, but there's some people where alcoholism runs in the family. Yeah, I don't. I'm like you. I didn't grow up with any alcoholics. I grew up in like a suburb where. I mean, if, I think when you grow up somewhere like L.A., L.A. in particular, it. I was talking about this last night at dinner. It sort of breathe it's this uh environment where everyone's in recovery and it's Mm -hmm. a part of the conversation in general right so you grow up very sensitive to those things and what alcoholics can do and what addicts behavior and mentality is i didn't grow up with any of that right and i don't choose to be educated on it because i don't have to be part of that world i'm not putting them down or anything but i'm not going to date anyone with an addict mentality i'm not surrounded by anyone with that it's not a it's not an education that I need. Would you avoid someone who had been to rehab? Would you avoid someone who used to have an alcohol or a, d- a drug problem? I like drinking. Like, I like to go out and have fun. And I don't want to... F- and even... There's certain people that can drink and they're like, I don't care if you drink... Or that, that can't drink and they don't care if you drink around them. Because it's such a big social aspect, it would depend on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would also depend on what they... I, it's not about judging them, but it's... Are you the kind of person who has these triggers and it's going to be an issue for the rest of your life? Or... Are you dealing with it but able to function? It really would just depend on the person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with someone who gets their shit together or realizes they had a problem and then pulls it out. And again, I think there really is some sort of a genetic component to alcoholism. Well, there is. Yeah. Um, But I don't – I think I get irritated because when you're younger, like when you're in your 20s and we all have those friends, like we would have friends that would just do weird shit when they would get drunk. I'm very – much the same person. I, I'm very. I'm when I'm drunk. I'm just like a little bit looser, but I'm not saying weird things. I'm not starting fights. I remember everything. Um, and when people can't act like humans when they get drunk, I just choose to remove myself from that. Yeah, the aggressive drunks are the weirdest ones to me. Like I'm the opposite. When I'm drunk, I'm everyone's friend. Sure. The last thing I want to do is get in a fight when I'm drunk. No, and it's never going to work out. You're never going to wake up and be like, oh wow, I really rocked all those people and won. <laughs> I came out unscathed and drove home. Well, there are people that can fight when they're drunk. Don't get confused. If you're thinking, that, oh, this guy's drunk, I can kick his ass now. Guys, especially. they have, like, retard yeah. strength. Yeah. Well, there's just some people that know how to fight, and when they're drunk, it doesn't really diminish that much. Okay. And, and they like it. But I know? think for the most part, people that get drunk and want to fight, they're not skilled. For every guy like that, there's a guy like Tank Abbott out there. There's a, a rare dude who could drink a fucking gallon of vodka and beat the shit out of a whole room full of badasses. Right. There's, there's guys like that out there. So. I'll probably date him next. <laughs>
and not even know it. Frank Abbott. Well, he's, me got, after. he's got a big giant beer belly, and he's a UFC veteran. Oh, that sounds awful. Uh, he's awesome. Tank Abbott. He sounds awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, that's Tank Abbott. There he is. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a fucking animal. He's that like guy, the Gordon's fisherman, but bloated. He. What I love about that guy is, like, he would fight anybody, and you could call him up a day before. He'd be on a bar stool. You can call him up and go, Tank, do you want to fight this weekend? And he'd be like, fuck yeah. Tell me where to be. <laughs> he would show up. That's really funny. And he might not be in shape, you know, because he wasn't training because he was drinking, but he would try to fucking win with every ounce of his being. And if he went out on a shield, he went out on a shield, and you'd catch him that night at the bar. And he better not start talking shit to him about how he lost, because he'll fucking knock your teeth you. down your throat. <laughs> Some people are just tough motherfuckers. Some people well, he just- enjoys it. He he legitimately enjoyed fighting. It takes every type of people to make this crazy world go around. And there's people like that too. What about getting hit in the face? That's what I always worry mm. about. Like I would ask Rhonda. I'd be like, "Aren't you afraid of getting hit in the face?" Well, you can't be afraid of getting hit in the face if that's what you're doing for a living. But getting hit in the face is not fun. No. It's not good for you either. And like, yeah, I just that to me it would. It's not so much. No, I, I'm not a fight. I'm not a physical fighter. I might be a tough girl, but like the idea of like either hitting someone in the face or getting hit in the face, I don't want to lose a tooth. Well, you're smart. That's why some people don't have any idea what it's like to get hit in the face, and so they like think of it like very nonchalantly. Well, it's weird that you say that because I've had this conversation with. It's mostly my Italian male friends. But hey, I, I, what are you trying to say? Are you, I don't know what road. Yeah, three quarters Italian, one okay. quarter Irish. Okay, well that explains a lot. What um, was trying to say? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but there is that thing, that mentality where, and I think because I hang out with enough men, I'm able to identify this. There's certain, there's like a certain attitude by guys who have never been hit in the face before. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, um, but there's a certain cockiness where like no one knows what fear is. No one's ever instilled fear in them. Right. So they're assholes and you're like, what you need to do is go out and have someone beat the fuck out of you. So you can show a little bit of humility and not be such a dick all the time. Some people need to get beaten up. It's not for girls. Girls don't need to get beaten up, but some guys, like just in the way that they address other men or the way that they act, and you're like, you've never, you've never been humiliated or taken down a peg ever. You're totally right. That's the worst. Well, that's what I think martial arts are very important for men growing up. Not because they need to get beat up, just because they need to control their ego. And one of the best ways to control your ego is to put yourself into incredibly difficult situations, test your character, and then you have confidence so you don't behave in that way in the first place. I think a lot of the way guys behave, that sort of delusional behavior, it's almost to convince themselves. It's like this weird chest pup puffy thing and it comes out a lot of times when they're drunk because they don't have confidence they they don't have the real confidence that someone who's been tested and understands their character and knows their limitations you know but there's i think there's two schools of thought because what you just said was you were you're saying how they have to convince themselves so Mm -hmm. there's almost there's like the way of the warrior which is the one you're talking about and then there's like the used car salesman where it's like like abc baby and i'm taking seminars and if i don't believe it first then who else will and it's almost like yeah that like sort of unctuous delusional mentality where you're like you lie to my like it's almost like if you lie to yourself then you can lie to others well that works if you're on a plane you're trying to pick up a chick and then get into a relationship with yep. her for a year as it a works. friend and then three months while you're fucking her i mean just that can work go bulldogs you just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta know how to sling it you know bullshit it does work on occasionally even with smart i mean that's what's the most impressive thing about his accomplishment you are you know you're one of my smartest friends. You're smart. You're very smart. You're very yeah. quick. And for a guy to trick you like that and to trick you over a long period of time with a lot of, you know, a lot of questions along the way where you so hit many. some bumps. I guess, but here's the other thing. I mean, I, I don't even know if the word is trick and I'll, I mean, I totally fell for it. Oh, he tricked the I'm shit not, out of you. I 
feel like, I guess it is trick, but it's also one of the things like, why would I question that? In my life, no one's ever lied about where they went to school that I knew of. Right. These are not lies that in society we're told to look out for. It'd be right. one like, everyone's like, does he have another family? I wouldn't even think about like your school. Like who cares? It's like lying about your blood type. Unless well, like- not just his, he lied about where, most likely, let's be honest, he most likely lied about his mom having cancer because you were dating a big hot guy. You know, and he most likely lied. Well, he definitely lied about the skull and bones part about England. He lied about his house twice. He lied about, you know, he sounds like a guy who just lies. Out of, I mean, he's probably gotten laid doing that his whole life. I don't think he's gotten laid enough. I think that's what it was. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking about it. No, because I don't think it's, he's not like, I'll, I totally got tricked. I'm not above admitting that. I'm also not above admitting that I think when you love someone, your judgment is clouded. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know the scope of what that could be. I didn't in a billion years. I wouldn't have thought that that was real. Like I thought it was a joke that like, oh, we can't find his Yale diploma, whatever. But you don't. You almost don't want it to be true. There's a thing that's going to happen in our lifetimes, I believe, where lying is going to be a thing of the past. I really do believe that. Because I believe, you can't anymore. Yeah, I right. think technology is moving us along that trail where there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have a connection with each other that's not as simple as just talking. I think it, it, they're on the way. Did you see that new Google thing that they came up with? They're, Google is working on a contact lens right now that mm-hmm. monitors your glucose levels for diabetics and does all kinds of weird shit. Like the same along the same lines of Google Glass, but yeah. far more complex for your eye and 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 analyzes your body. When we're dealing with these kind of technological human interfaces, a symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. with people and electronics, mm-hmm. we're ev- it's eventually going to make its way to communication. And then I think that just the, the lines of communication, and it's one of the things that they've been speculating on, that we're, we're going to be able to read each other's minds, essentially. Well, we're going to be able to exchange yeah. thought through Wi-Fi. There, there's, I saw something recently about that. Like, yes. Not so much telekinesis, but like mind control and being able to move things just mm-hmm. because – but if that contact lens can manage your glucose levels, that means it can monitor other levels, which means it could be a lie detector test. Yes. I mean, that's a walking truth serum in your motherfucking eye. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you're going to be able to see whether or not someone has it on or off. Oh, my God. You have your lie detector blocked. Like you'll be able to see like blocked. It's almost like Facebook like, set to private. Yes. Yeah. If they have their Twitter yeah. locked, they have a big lock on their Twitter Twitter page. That's also shit. By the way, like that's my other thing. When people write – I tweeted about this the other day. People write something shitty to you, but then they have like a locked or private profile. Yeah. Like you don't get to – I erase that person. Like, you don't get to have an opinion. Oh, I block them anyway. I block sure. everyone who says anything even remotely shitty. If that's how you're trying to respond, get me to respond or you're just trolling or whatever you're trying to do. There's one thing that if you have a legitimate criticism, sure. I, I, I appreciate – Appreciate legitimate criticisms because you know you even if I don't agree with their assessment, I think that objectively it's 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 a very valuable asset, especially if they're intelligent, to hear an intelligent person's take on you, even if it's negative. An intelligent fan who wants to, they just want to interact. Yes, there's yes. nothing wrong with that. I actually once in a while depend on people. I I'm a huge grammar stickler, so when people write back and I'll make a mistake and I'll write the wrong thing and they'll correct it, mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll erase that tweet and repost it. Me too. It yeah. doesn't bother me one bit. And I'll say thanks. You know, yeah. thanks for the heads up. Like I, a lot of times on my phone too, my eyes are starting to go to shit too. I'm 46 now and um, I, I wear reading glasses if I'm reading a book now over the last like year. This is the new thing. But if I'm looking at like Twitter, if uh, like I'm on a plane or something like that, if I'm looking at it on my phone, it's start like I can read this like loud and clear. No problem whatsoever. But 
weird little small things are starting to get blurry. They're starting to get blurry in some weird way. So I'll occasionally fuck up a word and not realize it until yeah. I post it. And I'm like, God damn it. It's the worst, especially when you'd like, or on Instagram is the worst because you can't mm-hmm. edit it. Well, you deleted it. I, I did it the other day. I wrote silly butch, but I meant silly bitch. Mm-hmm. But my phone corrected it to silly butch. Oh, I autocorrect. Why can't we turn that off? Shit and shot too. Shit I said shit a thousand times. Why you keep writing shot? You know I mean shit, you fuck. Mine won't let me write the word food. It always changes it to good. And I'm like, these are both legitimate <laughs> words that are used often. And it's just got this thing. Yeah. It's a living, breathing thing. Yeah, and you're connected to it. I'm, obs- I'm obsessed I with it. See, you've been playing with it the entire you, time we're on the No, I have show. not. I had it yeah, off. you are. I, was I see what you're doing. seeing if anybody, but I can't read seeing this far what? away. Anybody tweets you? You no, can't read either. The show. I can't read from this far away. Are your eyes going? They're gone. They're I had gone? I wear an eye patch when I was little. You had to wear an eye patch? I have a one-week eye and it does. Really? Hi, you're a pirate. I did have a... Mm. Uh, I could read, if I do that, I can read it barely. Um, I want. I told you before the show that I wanted to talk to you about this video that I yeah. saw because tr- traditional male and female roles and the arguments, the traditional male female arguments, are so fucking stupid to me. I I, I I get so upset when people get in these men do this and w- women want this. Oh, you and mean women my, want my comedy that. act? No, <laughs> like this comedy. But then there's these right. these generaliz- generalizations. One of the things that I hate about talk shows or about uh, you know one of those CNN things where they have people debate in a split he screen said she said. the split screen debates are god they're fucking five minutes or whatever they are you're not going to get to the heart of any matter and most of the time there's a little bit of correctness on both sides both sides have points both sides have and everyone's just trying to win and this this video that I sent that Jamie you got that video right this video is a perfect example of this, the weirdness. You can see it up here and you'll hear it I on your headphones. Phone. The perfect example of the fucking weirdness that exists in, in human beings when it comes to male-female relationships. Are women unhappier because of money? Now, this is a, the debate that these, uh, these people are having. New study out today that says women become unhappy as they get older. Well, the flip side... Men get happier as life goes on. Now, Pause the researchers. Hold up. First of all, I fucking hate studies. Those kind of studies. Because you didn't say where the study was from, first yeah, of all. I don't mind clinical studies on drugs and chemicals and, you know, uh, those things make sense. But study finds that women are sadder yeah. and men are happier. A survey I conducted on the toilet this morning. I find those things to be bullshit ways to start conversations about things and provoke arguments that are designed to get ratings on fucking shitty talk shows like this. Sure. I mean, that's what a hear, lot of it is. We hear the word study and we're like, ooh, scientifically legitimate. Well, not only that... Who they talked to? Did they talk to you, Eliza Schlesinger? They did not talk to me. They didn't talk to me either. They didn't talk to anybody I know. I fucking hate surveys because I think that surveys do not give you an accurate assessment of what most people want or believe. They give you an assessment of people dumb enough to answer surveys. Who are at like an outdoor mall for like a dollar that answered it. And they're idiots. For the most part, you're dealing with dummies. Okay, keep going. A couple of economists, by the way, they say it happens when we each turn 48. And of the major factors... um, coming down it's all about money now what's that all about we're gonna debate it mark rudolph is a no-nonsense man and tracy burns our fox business reporter joins me to tell us what's really going on tracy is this true 
come on. I mean, come on. All right, first of all. Don't get me started. I know you've missed me, Mark. First of all, this study was conducted by mostly men. And when men conduct anything, they talk about their finances because men judge themselves by the size of their wallet. Toys, dare I say. You put all your toys together. How crazy is that? When men do this, men do that. You, you, not all men do that, dummy. You no, know, I mean, but I do. The, you have to. I mean, look. If we if we harped on specifics, we would never get anywhere. So it's not an incorrect generalization. I do think men. I mean, most C- four to five hundred company CEOs are men, and I do think that's a huge thing for men. That is how because because we can't fight with swords and shields anymore. Like that is a way that men judge each other. They certainly do. And women do as well. And that's yeah. this guy's point. Some women do. Some. Um, but the idea that this study was definitely done by men and it's ju- judging men that the women are unhappy because they get older. It's like... But I think you're judging... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, let's let it play out. Okay. Let's let it play out. Because it's it's, it's in a parking lot and it makes you happy. If they were to ask other questions in this study about spirituality, about the other aspects of our lives, that women <laughs> would have taken over. I mean, first of all, a woman hits her sexual prime at 30 35. Things get much better for us. Hey, I'm 35. This is good for me. All right. All right. Go nuts because I know you're going to go nuts. Good one. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're presuming that that unhappiness in women begins in middle age. I'd say it starts when she's a little girl. When she's thought that happiness derives from shoes, jewelry, boob jobs, oh, and pedestals. Okay, er, stop and right what, there. Okay. He, he's a fucking idiot, too. Because that, that's an idiotic thing to say, that they're unhappy from the time they're a little girl. No, no, some of them are happy as fuck. You know, the, these weird generalizations to try to prove your point or to make, like, your gender the correct one. Like, it's men versus women. All men right. versus all women is so dumb. Okay. First that shit of, drives me crazy. First of all, I, I disagree with you. I do think we need generalizations. We couldn't have comedy without generalizations. <laughs> well, we have some generalizations for the sake of comedy Fine. that it comes up. That guy's awful, and that woman is awful. Like Those people are horrible yes. people, so they're it's three- not a horrible debate, but they're horrible people. Uh, he is not wrong. and it, it is. I mean, he's not wrong. It does start younger. I do think girls are conditioned to... Um, be less happy with themselves and to compete with each other in an unhealthy way from a very young age. But I don't think women are unhappy. But I do think that there are um, there are more there are more variables that women have to deal with in terms of like body issues, mm-hmm. competition that is that originates from women less about men. Like they, we think we're always competing with men, we're really competing with other women. So I don't think he's wrong in saying that. But, but he's, he's saying awful. that they're yeah he's definitely awful. But they're saying that they're unhappy. He's awful in these. Well, it's like these. Also, these are such inflammatory. I mean, I don't want to judge any of these people because it's not a real conversation. They're, they're, it's awful in these inflammatory bursts of information. It's like at a certain point in time, you know, you, you have to stop doing these fucking five minute conversations on you important sell ad complex. Space to the carpet warehouse, like Fox whatever. Business. We're here on Fox Business, trying to get to the heart of the matter. Why girls are unhappy? All, I mean, it's all garbage. I mean, most of this, all of this is just to. To pay for advertising, yeah. Look at BuzzFeed, like top ten, top yeah. ten brick colors you should see. In the reason why Jennifer Aniston will never be happy. Like what? Okay, press, uh, press play there, young Jamie. It's interesting. Oh, come on, Alexis. And then you have boys who are taught that they're supposed to make girls happy. I was on the radio two weeks ago in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the host related a story. He overheard his son and daughter talking. So brother goes to sister and says. How come you always have money and I don't? And she says, that's simple. I have a boyfriend and you have a girlfriend. The fact of the matter is, 
Boys are where, taught that they're supposed to make Vanilla women America? happy. I'm not living in the dark ages. This is reality. And if either of you women has ever dated women, you would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you pretend that you don't know what I'm talking all right, all right, about. All right, Mark, let's so what's get happening back to in middle age? What's happening, what's happening in middle age here is that women who bring 70% of divorces are divorcing the men that they never wanted to marry to begin with, and so now that's what's making the men happy. That, that's interesting because uh, we, we control the household spending, don't we? Because we, we, we're working more than ever. All right, let's get back to the survey, we though, the all right? Because basically what they're saying is, is that we are happier in our early adult life and that women are more likely than men to fulfill their aspirations earlier related to material goods and family that is true wouldn't you say Tracy? Yeah, because you and, can't have a baby and, and, and when a good you're thing it takes men longer to figure out what they want to do in life well i just think this whole notion of basing your happiness on material goods is part of the problem hence part of the reason that this thing was run by men in the first place Even if there were okay. women on the she's, panel, she's right if in some ways that basing your you know your happiness on material yeah. possessions is pretty foolhardy but the whole men thing that's why it's run by men like no it's run by people that think in a silly way you know, this this men versus women argument is I, I fucking hate those kind of generalizations because okay, so you're railing against the way that this debate was set up versus yeah. the actual content. Well, I'm railing against these fucking squawkers, well, these chickens squawking at each other. She's a terrible host. Terrible. The fact that I can't get a show, but this somebody gave this meat puppet. It's not that you can't get a show, part. Eliza Schlesinger. You need a goddamn podcast. That's what you need. Why don't you do a podcast, Eliza Schlesinger? You're a powerful up, woman. I brought that up the other day. To who? To, to my manager. To find fuck your manager. Just do it. Why don't you just do it? You can do it here. I'll let you use my studio. Can I take that head away? You can get the throw that thing in the garbage. Well, he's my my friend gave it to me, so you can't throw it away. But I might throw it away. It looks like you can uh, put it away. I would Blanche like to doesn't have to look at it. All right. So your issue is with the way that this. I mean, those people are. You, you were getting. You said to me earlier, like, why give something like bad your energy? These people are horrible, and it's on Fox. Right. So. I don't know what we were expecting. Well, we were expecting bad things, but uh, in analyzing bad things, you can break down what's so goofy about them, and I think that there, some clarity comes out of that. So let's uh, let this guy oh, play more. on a little. Oh, yeah, it gets even goofier. Okay. This is why I wanted to bring it up to you. I felt like your personality is uh, uniquely uh, qualified to show Listen the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They would, I mean, ask any woman if she would choose her car over her children, and she'd take the kids any day. Whereas I would question a lot of men out there. Quite right. frankly, that's that's right. that's she's stupid. a fucking. That's, that's horrible. That's such a dumb thing to say. She had a, a chance to make a salient point, and yeah. she said something's really horrible. Any guy who would choose his car over his kids should just vanish from the planet. Probably not his kids. Instantly, instantly vanish from the planet. There's a reason that women live longer, yeah. Mark. Let me tell you. It is because we are stronger yes. and we are happier at the end of the day than most men. And that yes. is factual and you know no, it's it. it's a heart thing. <laughs> when when men are married to women who scream it. like you, they just want to die sooner. <laughs> <laughs> when you have it, when you have women going around. Women go around comparing their engagement rings to show off who got the most carrots. Oh, I don't know don't where you tell find me that these women, women don't compete. Oh, Mark, she's so I don't know where you find these women. The women I know do not that kind of stuff. Mark, All right, Mark it out, Mark. Women compete on houses, divorce settlements, carrots, country clubs. Women compete on money all the time. Give me a break. Wait a second. Wait a second. Pause that for a second. To pretend that they don't is so disingenuous. I agree. But I also, 
first, there again, I have to reiterate how horrible that Paul Abdul looking one on the bottom <laughs> is a nightmare. She is disingenuous, 100%. He's not wrong. Uh, he threw a punch, so she threw one back. Women do compete, but so do men. I think women do it uh, on not a nitpickier level, but I don't think if you look at the reasons, and I'd have to think about it for the re- the reasons we're doing this, I don't think that they come from a horrible place. And I think men play into it. You're buying her that diamond ring because you want to show how big your bank account is and that you're powerful and that she's worth. I mean, everybody's playing a part in this. Nobody's innocent. 100%. And you're also dating. You made the choice to date that. This is my issue. He made the choice to date that horrible woman who thinks the biggest diamond in the world is a big deal. So okay. what does that say about your decision-making skills? But when you first start dating someone, oftentimes you don't know that they're going to be a horrible person. Or that they didn't go to Yale. I fucking get exactly. that. Uh, no, you know. Yeah. You know when that girl is horrible. I see a lot of my Well, friends. you do, but sometimes you're deep in it, and you're right. trying to like work it out anyway. Look, I know that I, I this is pot calling kettle black because I can't talk about it because I just told you that horrible <laughs> story. That notwithstanding. You mean awesome story. It was an awesome story. I think a lot of men, um, I think different parts... Men and women need different kind of stimulation, and that's just the truth. Not all men need to be challenged by like a smart girl or, a, or a, an intelligent woman or something like that. A lot of men are okay with like a dumb, hot girl that wants to like cook his meals and just kind of be there. A lot jo- of men are okay with that. George Harrison once said that all I need from a woman is to be attracted from, to her. Everything else I can get from a man. I do think a lot of men, and I don't even care if that's wrong or right. Everyone is allowed to feel that way, and I think men on the whole are on the whole, are more programmed that way. And women need a lot of external stimuli. This also plays into the bedroom as well. So you're so not- women need to be stimulated by a man more, by his mind, respecting his mind, respecting his, uh, his yeah, ability. Yeah, unless you're a gold digger, in which case you're awful and you deserve nothing. Right. But I mean, for me, like if you're stupid, even if you're the hottest guy ever, like I can't. Right. I can't. Could you like... Make out with them and take your top off? I or? make out with them. No. <laughs> Not even. I've been out with really hot guys, and I'm like, I have to leave right now. Right, right, right. Because you... It's uh, offensive. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I could totally get that. Okay, c- c- keep going with that. The, the stature of a yeah. lot of men is measured in the car they drive, the golf country club they belong to, and very much the place they live in. You have to admit that. Yeah. And whether or not their wives are staying at home and not working. That's exactly what I said at the beginning. Oh, That's because men are taught that the way the men are taught that they have to make women happy. The, the fact of the matter is, you can't make anybody happy. You have to make yourself happy. He's right. Happiness is a byproduct of achievement. So for women to say that they're unhappy, it's their own fault. Anybody who says he's unhappy is oh his my own goodness, fault. Mark, Everybody I'm has to make himself or herself you. You're happy. You're giving me such a bloody headache. Yeah, I mean, where are you from? Where are you from, dear Lord? Who I would she never in a million years bloody. teach my girls that they have to grow up to be reliant on a man, as you can well he didn't imagine. Say I that. would never teach Listen. my son well, that he should wonderful. be attracted. But Tracy, you're the same wh- one. Wh- you're wh- the same one who bragged that she's so strong and so tough and doesn't need a man's money. Yet you're taking alimony. He's wrong. How's he wrong? Here's how he's wrong. Because I've thought about this. Uh, for You raise these children together. I mean, you have these children together. She gave up. People aren't going to like this, but this is the truth. A woman has a finite amount of time to have a baby, okay? And a finite amount of time to really be valuable in the workplace. As unfortunate as it is, that's the way it is. Your youth is a commodity. Right. When you enter into a contract of marriage with someone... 
you're giving up a big part of yourself to either support that man and what he's doing, to have these children, to raise these children. So part of that alimony is, and this is just the way it is, is sort of compensation for all those years you invested in that. He is still going to be, at 50, he can still be just as valuable as he was at 25. For a woman, it just isn't that way yet. He should have to pay for the children as much as she does. She's the one raising them. So his financial contribution is the compensation for not physically being there. She's the one taking the doctor's appointments. She's the one staying up with them when they're sick. I, my mom was a single mom who I don't know what happened with their Alamo situation, but I don't think that that's wrong. You can be a strong woman, but he doesn't get to just dip out because they had kids and they got a divorce. I completely agree with you as far as uh, supporting the person who's taking care of your children, that you absolutely have to make a, uh, a financial contribution to that and I, I also think that alimony is a, is a big part of that not just child support but compensating the woman for the the actual time that she has that you if you're not going to give the time if you're not going to be there you you absolutely should give them money and my my issue with alimony really is with people who don't have children women who don't have children i have a buddy who is uh, married to a woman for um when you're married for a certain amount of years i don't know what the number is but he passed over that number it doesn't matter what your you know your status is. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to, unless you have a prenuptial, you have to take care of her for the rest of her natural life. It's like twelve What's the years. Numbers? Twelve. That's yeah. ridiculous. But to my point, it's, it's one thing I guess if you get married at fifty and you're married for five years and mm-hmm. that's different. But okay, let's let's look at this scenario. Well, I think he was married at twenty twenty um, twenty two or something like that, uh-huh. and they divorced when. She was like 35 or something like that. So she's still young enough to get a man, but he has to take care of her for the rest of her life. And she's living in his old house. See, this fucking jamming house in the Pacific Palisades overlooking the ocean. If she lives with a man, she's no longer eligible, so right. she can't get married. So she has a boyfriend, but she will not marry the boyfriend because she my friend is wealthy and he has to pay her a large sums. Right. So they play this game where he has a lawyer go to the house and says, you're living with a man. She says, no, he's just staying the night and he doesn't live here. And then the guy has to move out and they hire investigators to make sure that this guy's not sleeping over all the time. So the guy tries to sneak in through the fucking backyard to stay. There. I mean, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I That's terrible. Yes. Here's the other side of that. And I'm not – the older I get, the more I'm able to see both sides versus being like, oh, it's about not taking advantage of men or being a strong woman. Let's say you're 21 and you get married and the guy says – and you and you want kids and the guy says, I don't want kids, okay? And you get divorced at 35. Let's say let's say older or young or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've pretty much given up the bulk of your childbearing years. You will never have a family now, and and you're divorced, and you're pretty much left with nothing. And the years that you could have, let's just say, dedicated to having a career or whatever, let's say you spent them supporting him going through medical school. Let's say you were there for him. And a lot of guys do this, and they leave their, they're called Mm -hmm. a starter wife. I don't know about being compensated for the rest of your life, but there should be some compensation there for the love and the pain and and the support and everything that you went through to support that man who you thought was going to be the rock for the rest of your life. Well, that's a very specific scenario you're bringing up, and that scenario isn't covered by laws that are very generalized. I do think that... Oh, there's generalities nipping us in the butt again. Yeah, I mean, in that specific scenario, a woman putting a guy through medical school, I absolutely agree with you. Or just supporting him, just being his wife. Maybe she gave up having kids for him. Like, there's certain... if you. Well, in this particular scenario, this woman actually couldn't have kids. She had a medical situation, and one of the reasons why they broke up is because he wanted a family, and she couldn't have kids. And for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know what else they fought about, but it wasn't a good relationship in in many ways. So 
I. But my friend is tortured by this. Sure, and she's a pariah, mm-hmm. and I do. Th- I think that. For every woman that does that, it sort of takes away the legitimacy of the argument that, like, women need to be on their own and be strong. And the alimony thing that he brought up is absolute bullshit. But, like, this woman, if you have a boyfriend and, like, you're pretty much stopping yourself from being married and happy so you can have money. You can live in an apartment. You don't need to live in a mansion in the palace. She's made, you don't understand. She's terrible. My friend is rich. And she's making mad loot from him. He pays her hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's, every year. That's a horrible law. Uh, It is terrible. And he has to pay her for the rest of her life. The rest of your life is ridiculous. I could understand a couple of years to get you back on your feet, go get a job. But someone he needs to get a I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Well, I can understand a couple of years to get you on your feet as well, because if the guy is completely supporting you and then all of a sudden he pulls the the net out from under you and you're like, holy shit, how do I feed myself? I need to get a fucking job. But, you know, if you're a grown human being, you probably have some sort of occupational skill. Well, That's the other thing. That's the argument for. Don't ever you sh- and she said this. You raise you should raise your children to be to self support and not rely on it. It's not about I don't need a man. It's I like taking care of myself. I would love a guy to take care of me, but I'd also like to contribute. I want to be married. Of course, it'd be great if you paid for vacation, but I can also pay the mortgage on the house. Like it should be, uh, it, it should be a bipartisan effort. It, well, it's nice should- if you the person doesn't need you. It's nice if you don't need each other. Men but find you that more attractive, I think. I think weak men find it attractive when a girl has to depend on them for everything. And I think any quality man respects a woman that can buy her own things and doesn't want anything from them. Well, especially if a guy's been through a scenario like that, like my friend's scenario, where you're, you're dealing with a woman who's just sponging off you for the rest of your days. I mean, he's never going to have sex with her again. They're never hugging. They don't go on vacations together. There's no loving kisses. And he's sending hundreds, hundreds of thousands right. of dollars every year her way. I got to be honest. I'm sorry. I think you could have spotted that she was a little horrible from the get-go. People don't usually turn into that. Your moral sure they compass, do. I don't think so. This is where I disagree because it's not a moral compass issue. It's an issue of convenience for her. Why should that she has go to out do and with get? Morals. Well, it's not morals. It's like if someone gives you a lottery ticket and says, "Hey, you know, you won, you won the the winning lottery." Um, but if you get this lottery ticket, you really were never going to have to work again. You're probably not going to pursue your career, but hey, you're going to have millions of dollars now. Most people are going to take those millions of dollars and those millions of dollars most likely are going to fuck up your motivation. They're going to, they're going to make you look at money in a completely different way. I think it's a moral thing because if I said, here's a lottery ticket, you're going to a million dollars, but it's going to seriously, uh, encumber and inconvenience somebody else who doesn't deserve it necessarily. Yeah, but he's rich. He's rich. Why should he care? I mean, if he makes, let's let's give him a number, say $10 million a year. I guess it's just if he makes $10 million a year, why should he care if he has to send 500 grand her way every year? Okay, so here's this then. And here's why I think it's a moral thing. There's also, like, in a, there's also the idea that, like, I find it disgusting to have to rely on someone that you don't have any use for. A perfect example is the Yale thing. Mm-hmm. The day I met him, he would say, this is weird how this all ties in. He would say, I have a billion miles on whatever airline. And he was like, give me your itinerary and I will upgrade you every time you fly. And it's, it's easy. I've got all these free upgrades. You may as well use them. So I was like, okay. So when we started dating, I would like use the upgrades. And even after we broke up, he was like, I'd still like to keep giving you upgrades. I couldn't keep taking them. I think I took like one more upgrade <laughs> like, like while we were breaking up. Right, right. But I, in that email, I was like, this is my resignation from the upgrade program. You can go <laughs> fuck yourself. It's not worth it to me to fly first class to be tied to you in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And this woman is in a cosmic way keeping herself tethered to this man. Yes. How co- And as a man dating her, would you be comfortable like living in some other dude's house with some other dude's money? Like that's, the whole thing is awful. And so I do think it's a moral issue. 
Um, I see your point. And um, I would not, but some men would. You know, sure. broke men some would. would. Um, I, I, you know, I know a guy who's an actor who's got, you know, this girl who takes care of him completely. She works all day and he just goes to auditions and it's a disastrous relationship. And I've watched it. It's like, it's her- horrific to watch because like, man, if he ever does make it, most likely he's going to bail. For sure. You know, I mean, this the whole thing is, and it's also, there's a weird resentment that comes from a guy who's depending on a woman to take care of him. And depending on a woman who's also depending on another man is this weird fucking entangled scenario. behavior, and you see it in L.A. all the time. But I think in her eyes, it's like, hey, this guy can afford it. Fuck him. I gave him 12 years of my life, and he fucking left me because— He left her? Oh, because of the kids thing? I mean, I don't know, quite honestly. He doesn't really—I know that they— they weren't getting along great. It wasn't as simple as like they, they, she was the love of his life, but she couldn't have kids, you know, adopt, right. you know, no, it wasn't that it was, there was a lot of other issues too, but they were together long enough and they were married young. So there was that thing where like, Hey, we're going to be together forever. We don't need a prenuptial. Right. And now he, if any of his friends are even thinking about marriage, he grabs him by the collar and says, get a fucking prenuptial. And he tells him the whole story. And well, the, he's an idiot. Why? Because he didn't have a prenup, and she was awful from well, the get-go. He was young. Well, I promise you she was. I don't mean I promise you she was. I can tell you. I promise you. I, I, I can look know. at a woman and tell you if she's horrible. Okay, but let's, let's say this. Let's say you're both young, and the guy is like really ambitious, and the woman is an artist, and you know she doesn't make any money doing what she does, but he supports that she does that. Maybe she's a photographer. Let's say she's one of those artist things where it's like really Ugh, fucking hard to make money. Every a fucking photographer. Well, I mean, maybe she's into it. Maybe he doesn't care. But then one day along the line, 12 years later, he starts caring. He's like, look, it's over. And now she has spent these 12 years being taken care of and has never even considered being able to make a living on her own. She's awful. You don't give (laughs) up your dream. First of all, that goes back to what we were talking about. Here you are. Are you a bad photographer? And the guy, men typically don't care if the girl's bad. I know plenty of men that like date female comics and mm-hmm. they're comics too. And the girl is horrible. That's so common. And the guy's like, I love her. I don't care. And I'm like, I could never date a comic that told horrible dick jokes for a living. Not only that, they take them on the road with them and they have the girl. I think open we're talking about the uh-huh, I think they're, well, let's, let's keep it on the DL. But yeah, I mean, there's for every Tom Segura and Christina, Christina Pazitsky where they're both hilarious. Yes. There's these scenarios where one of them they're is the dog outliers. shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they are the rare occasion. But I think, fine, you're a photographer. Let's say you're good. Let's say you're bad. What on this earth thinks you have the right to stop pr- trying to evolve as a person just because you're married? Well, he maybe, didn't. He, maybe he put it out there. Maybe he said, look, I love you. You don't ever have to work again. What are you doing, though? You don't have kids. So what are you doing? She's, Lunching? Maybe she's taking care of a little dog named Blanche. Blah, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I still I mean, work and Blanche works. Oh, well, you do. I, but you know what I'm free. saying. I mean, maybe she just does that and, you know. Gentlemen, if you meet a woman. Yoga. Here, I'm going to give you. Ugh, how much fucking yoga can you do? Every day. Do if, a little yoga every day and then you recover. Get a massage. Manny Petty. I would feel like such a read piece a of book. shit. Read a book. That girl does not read. <laughs> and the secret doesn't count. <laughs> the secret. And neither do magazines. <laughs> Us Weekly doesn't count. For reading, I'm a reader. I read a lot of... uh, Counts as hamster cage lining. Hamster cage lining. I take care of my hamsters. Gentlemen, if you meet a girl and she's willing to take that and just be like, I'll just... And and she's not playing an active role in the relationship. She's not taking care of you and you're just... And she's just pretty and that's it. Fucking run the other way. Okay, but isn't there more to life than just making money? And if you're in a relationship with someone and you really truly feel like they're going to be together forever... 
shouldn't that person just be able to if they're bo- there's enough money between the two of you where both of you are living very comfortably shouldn't you be able to do whatever you want of course yeah sure but don't come don't be upset when it comes back to bite you in the butt that you don't have a career 15 years later right. and he left you uh, i also i mean i, I guess i just want to know what she does during the day like I, <laughs> I i can kill a day looking at facebook right but then the next day i'll be busy like what are you well, maybe she kills days looking at Facebook, and the next day she's not busy. She just keeps looking at Facebook. She just does what you do, but always. Look, I can't judge if somebody has a pea brain, but I, I don't. These are awful people. These mm. are terrible people. Well, one one's terrible. My friend's not terrible. Your friend's a little terrible. Why is he terrible? Your friend's a little terrible because he married her, and she was terrible oh, from the get-go. Oh, come on. I don't know about that. When Yo. you're in your 20s, you don't fucking know shit. I mean, you couldn't figure out a guy was full of shit, and you're 30 and smart. I figured you, it out, though. You figured it out eventually after yeah, a lot of cross-examination and investigative work involving your mother as well. She involved herself. And second of all, <laughs> she always involves herself. Second of all, one uh. is a mental disorder and one's a full-on personality disorder. Hmm. The fact that he's a psychopath, and he's probably skilled at covering up that he's a psychopath, it's, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't work on criminal minds. She, I could tell you from her nail length and what kind of jeans she wears and how about her fake tan is, I could tell you what a fucking nightmare this woman is from the get-go. So I think one, these are outward clues versus like subversive clues. Hmm. What's that? Kombucha. Oh. So um, a woman who is into nice clothes and nice nope. nails. I didn't say that. No. I didn't say he's into but it. You I can, can tell, tell by the type. The type. What I is the tell. type that a guy should look out for? If you're uh, like, you're going to give a seminar okay. on how guys should avoid nightmare, horrible women in their life, what should they avoid? Okay. You, okay. Okay. First of all, it's a case by case basis. There's plenty of different horrible things. Of course. If she's got big old French tip nails, she's a little bit of white trash. Okay. French tip nails are bad. Like long press on French tip nails. What if they're real nails? They're French tip. French tip is, to me, it's just such a trashy look, but that's fine. Okay. I don't know. Um, What about like dark red, like Spanish girl with red lipstick and dark red nails? It depends on the girl. It's a whole package Mm. because you can have trashy elements. Like I'm wearing cut off jeans right now and a see-through tank top. That's what I'm talking about. But. I was ready to judge you. But. (laughs) The rest of me is not polished. Is not like the rest. I've got like messy hair and one foot painted. Is that okay? It's okay because I'm like not trying. Okay. I think it's just, there's just certain looks that women have. And I don't want to say, oh, it's this hairdo. It's that. There's, it's a whole, and you know what I'm talking about. It's a whole myriad of elements that come together. Does she have, and there's nothing wrong with having like enhancements. Does she have fake lips and fake tits and hair extensions and claws and is she wearing stripper heels? Well, then she's probably fucking horrible. <laughs> like, let's get serious. Lucite heels, like well, indoors. Okay, that's pretty rare though, isn't it? I mean, no, you were dealing not. with some pretty extreme examples. I, I don't even know what realm we're dealing with. There, the really. fake lip thing is a, that's a crazy one too. Like they never really worked that out. And so many girls jumped on that bandwagon. Excuse me jumped on that bandwagon and they fucked up their face forever. I think women in Hollywood make a decision. They're like, I would rather look super weird than look super old. Because when, like a lot of women, you can't tell what they are or how old they are. This because is so weird. There's this woman that I see at my daughter's school when I drop my kid off in the morning and she's, it makes me sad because this lady, it, she, she looked like she was probably pretty when she was younger mm-hmm. and she's not that old. She's probably in her late thirties, maybe early forties, but she has turned her face into that of a monster, a monster. And there's no going back. It's rubber. It doesn't move. It's frozen. It's filled in, in weird ways where it looks like she's got a fucking toothache or something like her face is swollen. Oh. And she, you know what the kicker is? 
She might have gone in for one thing, had a weird reaction or whatever, and like now it's like that, and she might be a super cool lady or something, and that's just like, like you're stuck with that. Well, you know what I think that's it is? Face. I think it's a dysmorphia. Yes. Like the same thing where anorexics have it, bodybuilders have it, women who have uh, boob implants a lot of times never think their boob implants are big enough. They want to keep going and going right. and going and get them bigger and bigger. They get they get crazy. They look at them and they're like, not big enough. Like They, they don't see what everyone else is seeing. Also, when you don't have big boobs from the get-go, you don't realize, like, how annoying they can be. Right. I'm just saying. Well, you have natural big boobs. I do. Do they fuck with your back? No, because they're not, like, so big that it's, like... I mean, those girls that have, like, back issues, like, those are, like, gigantic, like, black lady bras. Yeah, I dated a girl who had natural ones that were just enormous, and she wound up getting a reduction because they they were just crazy. They were out of control. They were, like, ease. They were enormous. Like, this is... If we're going to get personal about it like especially like for like your lady time sometimes like your boobs get bigger mm. i'll put on a shirt and i'm just like even i get annoyed like i'm just like i need to put these things away and like things just don't quite fit i tried to put on a dress yesterday and i was like this is inappropriate mm. and you're just trying to like make it fucking work but but uh, they're also weapons of mass nipular disruption. yeah you you pull those out and dudes just go holy but jesus ew <laughs> I mean, like motorboating. I mean, like the look that they get, like a cartoon look. Like, whoa. Yeah, I don't notice it, and I only say that because I think when you grow up a certain way, like if you're tall, like you don't notice that you're like you don't think about it, and then you kind of you're used to people always being like, oh my god, you're tall. If you have big boobs, if you're like you're since I'm 14 years old, it's always been a thing. So I don't. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I don't even think about it. I don't even notice people looking, and if they do, it's very comfortable. Well, you do sort of. I mean, that's why you said you make out with the guy and you take off your shirt, and that's a nice treat for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's. But I'm saying, like, in general, like, I don't... I'm very comfortable. Right. You're, you I walk are, around in a bra. I don't care. It's not something that you think about on a regular. Right. Right. I think about my boobs all the time. I bet you do. I would I if do. I had them like yours. I touch them. I think about them. All girls do. I'd be willing to whip them out at the drop of a hat, too. Nope. Not falling for that one. You want to press it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally. What are words? <laughs> you have another show. You have, you're going somewhere else? No, I'm just going? looking behind me. To, I thought yeah. you're, you're going to make me want more. It's, it's 2.40. I, you I, have to boogie, right? But I want to say one more thing. Okay. About that clip. Mm-hmm. Women need to learn. It's very easy in an argument for, like, I was, I'm conditioned to when I watch that side, even though that guy was horrible. To almost go against women. Like women, when they argue, become very ugly. Women, I think if they learn to be more composed and calmer, those women were raising their voices. They sounded like chickens. They came, they had blood, like blood chickens. That guy was calm. You notice he, Blood chickens blood is a chicken. great, that's a great name for a band. Blood, the blood we chickens. We are blood chickens. Good night, Ice House. We're um, opening up for Pussy Riot next month. In prison. Oh. They're uh, out. They're out. Oh, they did? Yeah, they're great. out. That guy, you notice he didn't raise his voice. Mm-hmm. He was, even though he was a douche, like everything was very calm. And the women were just like, I'm proving this and I'm strong and I'm this. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Bloody hell. What are you? Oh, Lord. Who and, are you dating? And don't, yeah, don't yell an expletive just because you can. If they, if they kept it calm and they talked like this, I would have so much more respect for women in debates. When you watch Hillary Clinton, she doesn't freak out and get hyphy like that. And those women were awful. And I think if women just chilled the fuck out and stopped trying to prove to every woman, I'm so strong. I'm independent. I'm the, all the real housewives. That's all they do. Stop trying to prove what you aren't 
and just fucking take a deep breath. Well, that's one of those things that also doesn't work. Like saying I'm strong, yeah. I'm dependent. No one believes that. You can't no. just say it. It's just like name dropping. You you feel compelled to say it because you have a weak character. Yeah. But if you really are strong and you really are independent, you don't give a fuck what this no. person thinks about you. So they don't have to say it. You know, it's it's one of those things that people do because they're trying to paint a picture of themselves sure. that oftentimes doesn't match up with reality. That's my whole thing with, I mean, my only example is... And I'm targeting Real Housewives of that whole franchise. Does that shit drive you crazy? I don't. I can't watch it anymore. I used to watch all of them. I can't because here you have these women, these middle-aged women, desperate to prove to each other how fertile they are, how young they are. I could have a baby at 52. No, you fucking can't, you cryogenic monster. <laughs> oh, my skincare line. Oh, my this. Oh, that's funded with your husband's money. Here's what happened. At 18, you got knocked up and thought you would have a go at like being a model. So you moved to Hollywood or something, ended up getting married to some guy who probably fucking beat you. And then at 40, when your kids were all raised, you put your head out of the sand and you were like, okay, now I'm going to try to be a human. That's what all those women are why don't you start out being a quality person let life get in the way but deal with it not like a garbage person and i won't hate you so much i drew <sighs> boobs well said eliza schlesinger you drew boobs there on that paper yeah is that what you did i did that well said Thank you. listen eliza we got to do this more often this was fun it was real fun. It, it, fun it lived up to the hype between us like we had some hype going on i tracked like, you down on do the this. airport we gotta do this well we ran into each other we didn't, i didn't track, track you down. down and then i had the worst flight ever and you didn't help me at all how, what, what remember that guy like wouldn't stop talking the guy was sitting next to me oh yeah you don't remember i do remember now i'm remembering and i didn't realize he was drunk until like i need to pick up social cues better but i didn't realize he was like wasted until like 20 minutes in and he like kept talking oh that guy was brutal and you had a fake being asleep i faked being asleep for the whole flight to miami <laughs> that guy was one of those california dorks there's a very specific type of california dude mm-hmm. that just like he was an idiot it made me it helped me to create i tweeted after this something like if you played baseball in college are probably horrible now <laughs> within five minutes he let me know that he used to play baseball yeah well that guy would have let you know anything about him he was Ooh. a moron every time i got up he would strike up the most inane conversations like i was sca- i was in the window and he was in the aisle on the other side yeah so i would i would get up and as i was passing my friend to get towards your aisle he would start yapping at me so- and then uh. all the way to the bathroom he would yap all the way back he got up to meet me at the bathroom oh door and i got out of the bathroom he's waiting for me there and he's like you done in there man i'm going in now man hey where you going after you going to miami what's going on in miami man you partied it up miami i used to party in miami uh. now i partied up in orange county <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly LOL. what he sounded like lol he was horrible yeah he's a dumbass he's definitely dead now he's not he will live forever and he will live forever <laughs> in our imagination eliza you're the shit thank Thanks you very much me, schlesinger schlesinger it was close yeah it was close schlesinger. enough there you go schlesinger <sighs> Eliza, you're awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. For uh, how do people find you besides Twitter? Um, what's your website? It's Eliza.com. Oh, I-L-I-Z-A. beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be in Seattle this weekend at the Parlor. Oh, that's an awesome club. It's my favorite club. It's a great club. Parlor Live. It's got a pool hall connected to it. Yeah. That place is the shit. The food's really good. Yeah, Comedy's it's really good. fantastic. That's about as good a place as you can get. And uh, Eliza.com for more tour dates. Yeah. Please start a podcast. I know exactly what podcast. they're doing. Oh, Whoa, is it go live? Is When you go to your website, does it auto- automatically start playing comedy? Yeah, that's my that hour special. Brutal. Check out my hour special on Netflix. It's called War Paint. Check it out, bitches. All right, Eliza, you're awesome. Thanks, Thank you Jared. so much. Thank you also to our sponsors. Thank you to Squarespace.com. Go to Squarespace.com. Use the code word Joe. Save some money. Thanks also to Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com. 
click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner and use the code word JRE and get your freak on for a $110 special offer, including $55 worth of free postage and a free digital scale at stamps.com. Thanks also to onit.com. That's O N N I T. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off all supplements. Thank you so, so much. And I will be back in about 20 minutes with another podcast. And this one is going to be really fucking interesting. I got a podcast coming up um, with... uh a guy who is a former world champion kickboxer, a former motorcycle rider who was involved in the, the cleanup of the tsunami in, uh, in Thailand. And it's going to be some really intense shit. And uh, Liam, the guy who hooked this up, is uh, a guy from uh, MixedMartialArts.com, a website that I frequent on a regular basis. And he, uh, he, he reached out to me and uh, his brother is uh, Dylan. And Dylan is going to be here. So uh, Dylan and Liam Reznikov from Australia all the way to America. We're going to have a a fascinating podcast. We're going to talk about martial arts. We're going to talk about the Thailand tsunami. We're going to talk about a lot of crazy shit. And we'll see you in about 20, 25 minutes. All right. Much love. Elijah Schlesinger. Go to Elijah.com. I love you, kid. I love you.